Hey, hey. All right. We're live. Yo, in Hortling. Hello. Yes, yes, live in Hortling. Live in Hortling. Broadcast in Hortling. We're available. Uh, welcome, everyone, to session one of uh, RuneQuest Six Seasons in Sartar, which is kind of weird to be sitting here because we've been talking about this for like six or seven months. Uh, and it's like, here finally we are. here. It's finally it's here. Been a holy, holy crap. Uh, so, hello out there. Hello out there uh, in Twitchland. Um, we are the DMs after dark. Um, we've done a lot of other stuff. This is our first foray into a longer form campaign, a RuneQuest. Uh, why RuneQuest? It's a really cool OG role playing game, uh, old as Dungeons and Dragons, but underplayed in America. And we're going to hope to hopefully get you to try some new stuff because you know what? Maybe you want to try a new game for some reason. And a certain large corporation keeps sticking their foot in their mouth. I don't know. Uh, go ahead, Randy. What? Oh, their foot in my mouth. I was gonna say. <laughs> some people pay for that. <laughs> and uh, and as far as uh, RPGs to get into go, I mean, like Chaosium's starter set for RuneQuest and starter set for all of their systems is incredibly both uh, affordable and the bang for your buck that you get is really really great. So. Yeah. Agreed. Really good deal. Yeah, their their production quality on things uh, is is fantastic. Don't let our production quality fool you because we're not affiliated with them. Their production quality on their books is just top notch. Their art and everything is just really really great. We're just uh, assholes that love them. Yes, that's right. That's true. Lovable assholes who love them. So, uh, before we get started, um, I just want to say take a moment because I think we should always talk about safety in gaming uh, and talk about. The fact that RuneQuest is a Bronze Age world. Uh, there are Bronze Age things that happen there. Um, a lot of the worst things we're probably not going to have enter into tonight's session. Uh, I will say, though, that animal sacrifice uh, is something that will play into tonight's sac um, game. Uh, also, um, domestic violence off screen. And other than that, um, again, it's a Bronze Age world. We have a very improvisational game here, so I don't know everything that'll come up. So certainly try to take care of yourself and uh you know we want you to have fun we're all gonna have fun here too uh what else oh one more thing i just want to shout out full moon dice uh which you can find on instagram uh, i actually actually had these dice made for this game you are and if you no want to the camera lower lower <laughs> I was like you are no one to the camera camera oh. on yeah, yeah. I got two cameras. Oh, I was going to say, look at Christian There's being actual, old. <laughs> being a boomer, shut up. Your character I'm dies, missing the camera. Amber. Uh, wow. There's actually a red moon in there. And if you spin it, it goes red to black. And I got the moon rune on my 10. So, yeah, custom dice, full moon dice. Check them out on Instagram. I think that's the only way place they are. But uh, they're really cool. So. Yeah, they're really cool. So Ooh. there we go. They are, uh, they are local to us. Rainy setting some moon uh, lighting. They love them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moon Moon. Okay, so uh, why don't we, I guess, just get started? We have anything else we need to say? Uh, and you know what? Check uh, check Rainy out on podcasts. He's been doing an eight episode now uh, solo role playing game series of just countdowns for everything, which is actually like really really cool. So check it out. And um, yeah, we're going to do some more of that sort of stuff. Not necessarily just solo. We might do something uh, with like uh, an epistolatory game where we write letters to each other. I really hope we get that up off the ground uh, and read them like an old timey radio sort of uh, drama. drama. Yeah, I will and... say, I mean, if we're just going to talk a little ahead, ahead of the stream. Um, one, thank you, everybody who's tuned in for RuneQuest. That's been yeah. such an incredible uh, response 
already yeah, absolutely not, um i'm i'm still surprised at how well my solo rpg podcast is doing um and it's only made me want to dive into doing it a little more audio wise professionally so like i do hope that we do um we do something like a letter writing game or something like co-op stuff where like we can kind of jump in and jump out and do kind of these smaller things um but i'm going to work on doing more interesting things with the audio moving forward trying to mm. always improve on that so Heck yeah. Make mine just sound like listenable. <laughs> yeah, you know, baby steps. Baby <laughs> steps. Uh we'll um all right. Anything else? Anything else we need to say? Trans beard is bitching. All right. Let me yeah, doesn't Ken look awesome? <laughs> and also Ken's yeah. beard is bitching. Yeah, like, yeah all dressed up for to tonight. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's set the stage first uh, and have everybody introduce their characters. Uh, so where we begin um, is the land of Sartar, which is currently occupied by the Lunar Empire. Uh, they have killed the king of Sartar and installed a puppet, very distantly related puppet on the throne. Uh, and they rule from very far away uh, because they have very powerful magic and they worship someone called the Red Moon Goddess who grants this magic to them. Uh, our heroes are all part of a clan called the Haraborn clan, which is part of the Kolyamar tribe, which is one of the biggest tribes that make up the nation of Sartar. Sartar is a very hilly, mountainous country. Um, and our heroes all live in a mountain vale called Black Stag Vale, which is between... Hey, Drew in Japan, how you doing? It's between Mount Caractus and Mount Quiven, uh, which is kind of in the middle of Sartar, uh, around the other side of the mountain. Probably about a couple of kilometers as the crow flies is the capital city of Boldome. If you actually take the kind of back mountain trails, it might not take you very long to do that. But if you go around on the actual pass, it might take you a day and a half to two days, depending uh, to get there. So it's not far from the capital. Uh, but Blackstag Vale has been inhabited by the Haraborn since the beginning of time. Uh, they did leave it at one point in time for a brief period uh, during something called the Empire of Worms Friends, where some human beings um, started learning draconic magic. And took it a little too far. Uh, the Haraborn were very, very traditional people. They left uh, and got out of Dodge before this happened. And uh, it was a good thing they did because the dragons were not happy. You know, Goranthan dragons are not Dungeons and Dragons dragons. Goranthan dragons are like seven to 10 kilometers long. And if they're not happy, you're going to know it. Uh, so the dragons killed all the humans who were left in the Empire's Worm Friends. And no humans lived there for about 400 years. Uh, but after that, the Haraborn and more people moved back in. And they've been living there now for about four or 500 years in their own little land, um, in their vale. Uh, they have a stag spirit called the Black Stag, which is what's called their clan Whiter, which is the spirit of the clan. And I think that's also an important Glorantham thing. Uh, units and armies, nations, clans, groups of people have something called a Whiter, which is their spirit. Uh, and the only way to kill that thing is to kill its spirit. So if you kill the spirit, the group will probably naturally dissolve. It's what holds them together. So think of like in, in our own world, in the ancient world, uh, infantry units or companies used to have standards and a standard bearer. And they believe that that standard was captured. That was like bad for the unit. Same thing here, only it's true. The spirit actually inhabits that. You break the spirit, you break the people. So hmm. that's where we are. We're in Black Stag Vale. Uh, it's a very traditional place. Uh, they pay lip service to the current, you know, um, 
puppet on the throne. And uh, they hide into, in the hills whenever the tax collector comes. And they come. hide in the hills when the tax collector comes. Their own, the own king oh, of the Kalyumra yes. tribe uh, is a traitor. He's turned lunar. Uh, so you guys aren't per too happy with him. Uh, there is a queen in exile. Lord Lega. Bezos? <laughs> no. Uh, there is a queen in exile uh, <laughs> who you guys probably like more, uh, who's actually related to your chief. Uh, but you guys basically support the rebels on the DL. And like Amber said, when the tax collector comes, you all hide off in the hills and they don't, they think there's about 450 people who live in the Vale. There's really, they think there's only like 200 because uh, you guys all just run for the hills <laughs> and hide when they come. And they say, those are not my cattle. That's right. These are not the cattle you're looking for. Ye so, old tax evasion. Ye just throw hay over evasion. the cows. <laughs> That's a, a hay pile. That's not a cow. It's a sheep. Um, <laughs> so why don't we go around and introduce characters? Uh, I don't care who wants to go first. Just pick and go. And, you know, as much as you want to do, you can do family history. You can not. Uh, you can go gloss over it. Whoever who wants to go first. Don't make me pick someone like a mean Sunday school teacher. Okay. Rainy's got it. I know. That's fine. Um, so my character's name is Vinarin, uh, son of, I guess, um, I guess Harin, um, because either way, my parent, uh, my, my parents are dead. My grandparents are dead. I have been raised by my uncle. Uh, my uncle's name is Harvar. He is the smith, I believe, um, of our of our village, of our clan, uh, our tribe. And um, yeah, uh, basically, I've lost just about everybody in my family to war. Um, my grandparents died. Um, my grandmother died rather heroically, defending the old king and queen at uh, Grizzly Peak. My grandfather died at Boldholm. My father died at um, Starbrows Rebellion, and my mother died having to do longer and longer forays with our herd um, and was killed by a monster. So I have been on my own for quite a few years being raised by my uncle who takes care of me, but is not exactly uh, parental or, you know, um, I don't want to say loving, but like, you know, it's not like a it's not like a true uh, familial kind of thing. So my character is kind of weird, loner. Um, all of the death that they've uh, had to deal with has led them to uh, not quite yet, because we haven't done the cult things yet, but um, he's very interested in war and not falling victim to death in um, conflict <laughs> like everyone in his family. So he has become very, very focused on being martially adept. Um, for a 16 year old, I mean, as much as he can be, it's helps that he has a Smith for an uncle. So, you know, access to weapons, um, and is a literal giant. <laughs> I'm freaking huge. Yes. Uh, my character is like six, six or something like that. Um, like two fifteen. Um, and yeah, it's kind of a, it's an outlet for his anger at the world. Um, he is, we've been joking that he's kind of an edge Lord. And because I'm, you know, interested in Humacht, which is the god of war and death, um, that he's kind of goth, edgy, you know, all this stuff. But I think my character is more like the stoic, silent warrior type. Um, yet he's 16. So, like, that's what he wants to be. But he's more just a... Uh, How I see myself. How I actually am. Well, yeah, but, but, also, um, but also in the way that we are playing 16-year-olds. And uh, again, if you go back to and listen to our podcast about like making good characters, don't make the character... Don't make the character from the start what you want them to be. Make them the person that's trying to become that thing. Do you know what I mean? So my character definitely has an uphill battle. I mean, like he's a 
angry 16 year old kid who got lucky genetically or however it works in glorantha that he's a freaking monster spiritually spiritually yeah spiritually he is huge and he shows promise and he wants to he wants to kick ass and not you know die not die like his parents did yeah and so yeah he's he's if anything it's less uh edgy and more just like cold quiet anger um (laughs) you know so. And I, I would just add too. So Venarin's uncle is Harvar, son of Horvick, uh, yep. who is the town smith. Harvar is just equally huge. He's the same size as you. So uh, the spirits run, I guess, in the in, run with that family. Uh, but he's a big guy, very broad shouldered, uh, kind of thinning, but longer hair and a beard. His left eye is gone with like a nasty scar that he got fighting in Bulbholm. Uh, he's supernaturally strong, like stronger than anyone should be. He's the strongest person in the whole Vale, uh, which makes sense since he's the Redsmith. Uh, and he's also, he's married to your aunt, who is, uh, Afar, daughter of John, who is a, uh, she's a Nandan, uh, which is a Hjortling, um, term for a man in a woman's body. Uh, so they, they are married and they've taken you in. Uh, so you live in, in like the village, uh, by the King's Hall, uh, where he has his smithy. I do want to do this. This is something I'm very bad at personally. Uh, like I have headcanon images of me, but I'm very bad at describing what people look like or wear. Um, but because we're going to be playing this for a while and uh, here's, you know, putting this out in the ether. If we get fan art, <clears throat> I don't want, um, I don't want Venarin to be depicted as just a big goth. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> that's I, what you're getting no, to I'm make a huge that's goth. What I'm gonna get. You've now provoked late. a slew of huge goth fan art. Yeah, no, I think that he's got <laughs> like that traditional goth. kind of Scandinavian. I think he has long hair, but he kind of like braids it down the center while like the sides fall roughly shoulder length. He's obviously huge. I'm not sure what the clothing style i know that there's plenty but i didn't want to read too much into the rule books because i know there's a lot of spoilers timeline uh, typically like man um long tunic or yep. just like a, or just like a skirt or tilt uh depending they'll, they'll go they'll go bare chested um oh he, uh, yeah, he winter, does winter, that. yeah winter winter time will be uh will be just kind of maybe a long tunic and like a pair of like yeah. yeah something like that and like high wrapped uh high wrapped like sandals okay things like that yeah yeah, yeah i think uh I think we said he's heavy cavalry, so he's not. Or no, he's heavy, heavy infantry. infantry. Yeah. Heavy infantry. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not. Um, I'm not riding things. So I guess that I would have either, um, pants on or or the the skirt. But um, yeah, tunic or shirtless, and showing off the fact that he's pretty strong and big. Nice. Who's up next? Uh, if I could go after that. Yeah. Uh, so my character is Bryn Skyborn. Uh, I Grand. Am- what is that again? My friend. My yes. only friend, really. Yeah, my only friend. I, I, that's why I want to go after uh, Rainey's character. George Venerin, and Lenny. Because yeah. uh, Bryn Skyborn <laughs> is uh, friends with Veneran. But uh, Bryn Skyborn, granddaughter of Annalie the Heartbroken, her parents also have died. Um, so she is being raised by her grandmother, who um, was kind of this big warrior back at Grizzly Peak and a couple other wars. So I assume that she also probably knows of or knows probably Ven's grandmother. Um, but her parents also died in the Starbrow. Starbrow? Starbrow Rebellion. Starbrow, yep. Um, but Bryn is kind of the opposite of Ven. She's very, like, sweet, kind. She laughs a lot. Um, since her parents died, she kind of goes off riding on her own pretty often. She kind of just 
does a lot of writing. She's in the the light. What is it called? The light cavalry. Cavalry. Light cavalry. cavalry. Yeah, that's that's yeah. going to be a profession. Yep. And uh, she. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> my goodness. Her she's family. little. She's little. Yeah, she's super small. Thank she's you, Sarah. Small. She has a uh, very thick, light brown hair, Ooh. light eyes. Um. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Is uh, she also is very determined to be kind of like a good fighter, similar to Venerin. But she, like her parents and her aunt, she wants. She's big into the rebellion. She's super loyal to kind of fighting fighting the Lunar Empire and in the rebellion. So she wants to grow up to fight in the wars, even though her grandmother hates it. Because her aunt is is a member, is still an active Correct. rebel, uh, who's part of what they call the Deer People, uh, yep. which is their term for people who are just guerrillas hiding out in the woods and the mountains, being supported kind of clandestinely by the by the other clans. Uh, they don't go in the towns or villages because the looters are thick there, but they're out raiding and, and doing stuff like that. Yeah, the ones who unwillingly hold the cattle when it's tax season. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so yeah, her parents, her parents kind of died for the cause so she kind of is fighting for that too um she her family right now though are herders so she and ven's previous family were also herders so uh she's out in the fields a lot with like the cows and the sheep and the cattle and riding yeah that's Bryn. all right uh, i am playing Ruin, but everybody calls me Rue. I'm your friendly neighborhood wolf boy. <laughs> my uh, my mom is kind of a badass. She's a veteran of uh, several important battles, including Grizzly Peak, like everybody mentioned and whatnot. She is still alive. Uh, she's also the right-hand gal of the High Priestess of Arnalda. She's a prominent priestess of Arnalda, as her, was her mother before her, who is also a total badass and veteran of several battles. Um but uh, she, in her youth, had a had a, a star-crossed romance with a Telmori man, who uh, is Ruin's father, uh, but later went on to betray uh, the Sardarites and join the Lunar Empire and, in fact, help uh, track and was at least partially responsible for uh, Ruin's grandmother, his mother's mother's death. Uh, so he is uh, not... <laughs> Ruin's father is not in the picture, nor is he well-liked. Uh, Ru is sort of a little bit of a black sheep, both because of the fact he's a wolf boy and the son of a famous traitor. Um, but his mother is super awesome and loves the crap out of him and has always protected him and tried to... It's kind of her rank that has kept him involved and a part of and protected in the society. Um, despite the fact everybody's watching him, waiting for him to, you know, grow fur and fangs and start eating sheep. <laughs> so that's uh, very anxiety-inducing. Uh, he is a hunter. He goes out into the woods. He likes to be alone in nature. Things make more sense out there for him. Um, is not super driven like uh, our previous two very combative people to join wars and fight people. He tries to stay under the radar um, and is just really questioning and wants to fit in and is wondering who and what he is sort of thing. Um, but he's he's... Sweet in a quiet way. <laughs> um and uh yeah, so he he's also tall. He's not quite the month six foot six monster that Ven is, but he's six two. We all ate a little bit of that radioactive bear in our infancy, I guess. Three of us are enormous. Uh he one is, of us is small. I'm like five we ate one. All of your food. <laughs> <Growing> no, <up>. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so he's tall. He's a little bit lanky. Still got to fill out a little bit. Um, he's got dark curly hair, uh, bright amber yellow eyes. Um, that is very characteristic of Telmori. His canines are a little bit sharper than normal, a little bit longer than normal. But um, he was born with a uh, line of black wolf fur down his uh, midline, which is the wolf mark of the Telmori um, as an infant. So there was no hiding that. Everyone knew as soon as he was born what he was. And um, that just sort of set the tone for his whole childhood here, a wolf among stags. Yeah. So actually, just to jump on that real quick, um, within the veil, uh, the... The Paraborn clan, uh, their spirit is is the black stag, uh, and then and the black stag's wife is a running doe. And there's actually a a, a species of white deer that specifically live just in the Vale, uh, which is related to the spirit, the black the black stag. But there's also a spirit called the seven tailed wolf, uh, who hunts the stag. And there's a tribe of Telmori who there's been like a war between the spirits and, and then for the the people uh, since well for a real long time, uh, and Telmori. In Glorantha, uh, some history on them. Uh, they are wolf people. They also bear a curse because in a war a very, very long time ago, they um, accepted a blessing from a false god to be able to change into their wolf form whenever they wanted, and the uh, weapons would not harm them. And it wound up being a curse because every wild day, which is Saturday uh, in Wurnquest land, the they party. just turn into wolves and run around and don't have control over what they're doing. And so people don't like that because they're sheep getting. Uh, so that puts ru- ruin in, in kind of a, a strange situation because these people, A, have kind of an ancestral rivalry with the wolf people, the Telmori, and they kind of live in the higher mountain passes. B, nobody really likes the Telmori because they eat your stuff. And C, everybody's really waiting for him just to change one day. Waiting for that shoe to drop. <laughs> Waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, um, Jess, why don't you jump in and say that about your elk too? We forgot oh, to say that. I was just I just wanted the group to know, but I was just gonna mention because I heard you talking about this legend of the wolves hunting this stag, but I am a mounted combat person. I can't talk very well being sick too. But I am riding an elk named Ort Veor. Yes. That is my mount. He is an elk. You had an elk. That's I changed awesome. to an elk. I love him. Yeah, it's changed like six okay. times over the last okay, couple of weeks. Okay, whatever. I've decided yeah. now. It's a battle. <laughs> you did, because you said it's live, so that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I did say the other one's live last time, too. But yes, I have decided. Yes, yeah, true. You did. You did. Gotcha. Elk. You're like a um, a powerful, angry yes. cow trained for battle. Correct, yes. <laughs> like, but I have up. named him. He is good now. Ort Veor Elk. Done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, kind of despite being on the outside looking in, uh, Rue cares very much about his community and feels very protective of them, even though he's always been kind of on the edge of it. It's just in his nature, really. Um, so he's very distressed by the distress of others concerning him. <laughs> but he tries to be good. Who's next? There's only two left. Three. You're doing your math right, buddy? I did. I do. I do fuzzy math. You're right. We have three left. 
It's like last okay. time when he was like, let's introduce ourselves. Oh, so we, we only have two left. We have, we have, we have, we have Kent and Troy. Everyone else who's important has gone. So <laughs> no. I was worried. It only took 26 minutes for you to start ragging on me. You know what? Fuck you. I'm going next. Hi. Yeah, take it. Hi, the bitch is here. Um, no, so uh, I, in full irony, I'm playing like the opposite of a bitch. In um, <laughs> full irony. <laughs> so, you know, unlike me in real life. Um, on brand. So I I am playing Orisa. Uh, she is uh, from a long line of priestesses of Shalana Aroy, who is like the goddess of healing. Um, and it's it's you know her grandmother worked in a prominent temple of Shalana Aroy um, in Johnston. In Johnston, just and throwing in details. Her. Um, there was uh, a oh God, I can't remember. Was a curse that affected her parents? Yes. So your parents uh, being healers um, in Glorantha, disease is not caused by germs. Uh, it is caused by evil spirits. Yes. Uh, and the goddess of disease is a goddess uh, by the name of Malia. And so there was an affliction that uh, sometime in the time of your parents, because you have a lot of brothers and sisters, so it wasn't that long ago. Yes. Uh, I think you're, how's, how old is your youngest one? Eight? Eight. So six or seven years ago, maybe, uh, there was there was a disease that passed through the veil. Um, the parents went on a hero quest, which is kind of like a magical quest into the world of myth to try to stop that. They succeeded, but in doing so, they they were hit with uh, with a curse from Malia. Uh, and that's not a curse just on them. They kind of wasted away and died, but it's an ancestral curse, and it's affecting Orissa as well. Uh, yes. So think of like... We call it magic cancer. Uh, it's kind of just runs in the family line. Uh, fuck yep. cancer also. But uh, yeah, so that's and what you get. So she yeah. is uh, on the down low referred to as Orisa the Pale. Uh, because whereas most of the folks in her family have dark brown hair, tan skin from working in the sun. Um, Orisa's hair is this weird uh, gray brown. Uh, and her skin is like almost a sickly pale. She just kind of looks a little off-putting. Um, but she wears many layers of clothes and just kind of like hides under layers a lot. Um, she is studying to her intent is to become a priestess of Shalana Aroy, um, to follow in her family's footsteps, and because she wants to not be sick anymore because uh, it's taking a, a pretty good toll on her and is very protective of all of her little sisters. She is the oldest of five all girls. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, in terms of our height chart, she's average-ish. She's, she's actually normal. You're the median. Yeah, you're the yeah median, she's, right? she's yeah. five eight. Uh, yep. So she's just kind of in the middle She's very mousy looking, blends into the crowd really easily. Um, and she's she holds herself to a very high standard. So she's she's just doing her best. Nice. She sounds like and, she's going to be the most mature out of all of us. <laughs> we need an adult. Quick, get the child with cancer. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and actually, a, a, a thing about Shalana Aroy is... Um, when you become one of her priestesses, 
uh, known as the White Sisters, you make a vow of um, pacifism. Uh, you become a vegetarian, you cannot willingly harm anyone, and you cannot refuse healing. So, nope. And that is you? Yeah. This is before joining the cult officially. Yes, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, you're on we're, your way. So everybody, everybody, all the characters starting out are 16 uh, and uninitiated adults. Uh, I think the only one we're going to say has actually gone through the adulthood initiation at this time is Bryn. You've you've gotten into the riddle and you're, you're counted just a little bit a while ago uh, as a full woman now. Uh, but you're still in like the early stages. It only just happened for you. Uh, yeah. But everyone else? Nope. She's the one that gets us cigs and alcohol from the packy <laughs> store. That's, what you get That's right. Once you're an adult. Yeah. Nice. Cigs <laughs> and alcohol from the package store. I guess I'll go next. Sure. Um, so my character's name is uh Kaim Reese, uh son of Harold. Um he I didn't get to be on the session zero, so this is probably the first time anyone's hearing anything about him. Um he is also very small. Um he is like five five, which I think makes him the second shortest character. Yep. And yep. um built like a twig. He's like 120 pounds, soaking wet. Um, which is very, very funny in comparison to the rest of his companions. Most of them. Um Time Reese is uh very unique. Um he he is bald. Um his head is tattooed. Um he has various brands throughout his body. Um, various tattoos throughout his body as well. And probably the most uh, distinctive um, characteristic about him are his eyes. Um, so one of his eyes is a um, very deep blue color. And then the other eye is a very um, bright, like flame orange. Um, so something that's very uh, unique, very strange. Um, he was born that way, and that's kind of something that has brought him a lot of, uh, I don't want to say attention, but maybe pe- people just look at him and be- think of him differently, whether it's in a superstitious way or whether it's out of kind of fear or the unknown or whatever. Um, he's always kind of been an outcast because of his strange mannerisms, his strange looks, that kind of thing. Um, similar to Rue, he does like, um, being in nature a lot. So he, he oftentimes will be in the wilderness by himself and, um, you know, trying to find animals. And sometimes he talks to animals and people think he's crazy. Um, he likes, you know, finding plants and mushrooms and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, but on the same token, he's also very loyal to his tribe, um, to his clan. Uh, he, (laughs) funny, funny enough, every one of our characters, for the grandparents worth noting, our preferred grandparents, we everyone chose grandmother without any coordinating yeah. between anybody. There's a one shot about our grand- badass grandmothers being we're badasses. Do, we're gonna we're gonna that one day. We'll just make we it literally it all chose our grandmothers. Yeah. So uh, my grandmother, uh, her name is Saga Everlasting, and she was a scribe who um, survived the uh, the first war that there was listed in the grandparents' timeline. I can't remember the name of the so war. It was, uh, but it Grizzly was the, Peak, Peak. the Battle of Grizzly Peak. Yeah, Grizzly Peak. Yep. yep. So she survived Grizzly Peak. Um, and then later after that, um, she ended up being devoured by the Crimson Bat, which, which is, is pretty fucking wild. 
Yeah. That's really bad. Dead, dead. Um, her soul no longer exists. There yeah, is so no. The, the Crimson Bat is a gigantic chaos demon uh, that is the mounts of the Red Moon Goddess and has its own cult and is used basically as a weapon uh, by the Lunar Empire to subdue and terrify uh, everybody. Uh, carpet here's bombing. My, here's my phone. Yeah, it's like carpet bombing. There's the Crimson Bat right there, yo. Bronze uh, Age carpet bombing. If you're eaten by the bat, you're gone. Like gone, gone. You don't go. Your soul does not go to the underworld. You do not pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars. You no longer exist in the cosmos. So that's so a bad like, thing. People tend to not be happy about that. So yeah, proceed. It's like it's like bale fire from the wheel of time. You're like burned yep. out of the pattern. You burned yep. out of the pattern. You're gone. Yep. Jeez. Um, don't get so, eaten by the bat. <laughs> nope. So that was my grandmother. Um, she was a badass. Uh. And then also, um, my mother was the, I guess, preferred parent that I chose to talk about. Um, she lived an incredibly uneventful life. She never accomplished or did anything worth note. Which is somehow um, very notable. <laughs> which is somehow very they notable. They lived a peaceful yeah. life, one of the rarest things in Rune Quest. Yes. Um, she was uh, noble, however, uh, from the Ezrolia uh, continent or country. Uh, country, which is a little bit south, yep. Yeah, they're they're I guess our people kind of view them as kind of like eclectic. Um on the same token though, they don't have a negative or bad reputation with no uh, the, the worst thing people. so 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 there's there is some historic Israelia is is a land that's very um has very very powerful matriarchy ruled by earth priestesses of Ronalda and historically there's a little bit of distrust between them and the people who worship Orlanth. It's not terrible, it's just a little bit because uh, they think they're too violent and unpredictable. And so it's not that they don't like each other, they don't cooperate. Uh, your hortlings, shortlings would tend to possibly look at Israelian men as a little bit effeminate. Uh, but it's not something where, you know, there'd be fist fights about it, it's, might just make a joke or two about it, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it's also not necessarily true. Yeah. It's just something that they would say. Yeah, so that was... Uh... Like French people, but in Glorantha. Just a joke. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so that was, that was my mom. Um, she had four brothers, uh, sorry, she had four siblings, um, all of whom were also nobles. Um, I don't believe any of them are still in our plan. Um, they wouldn't have a reason to stick around. Um, other than that, um, trying to think here, what else, anything worth note? Um, I wear just very, very plain, simple clothing, um, you know, uh, occasionally fur pelts and stuff like that, depending on the climate, if it's cold or whatever. Um, Is uh, Kyle Reese's personality as peculiar as he looks? uh, Yes. So, like, again, he he goes out in the woods and he he speaks to the animals and he... uh, Sometimes, like, his syntax, the way that he speaks, his sentence structure is a little weird. Um, A lot of times he it might seem like he's not listening or he's slow um to respond but he just kind of spends an inordinate amount of time responding thinking to uh responses for questions and stuff like that um he's he's uh polite enough i mean he's not he's not rude or anything like that he's just very um i don't know peculiar Peculiar. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to add to is orange eye. The orange, the yes. one orange eye. Uh, orange eyes um, are associated with Orlanth. Orlanth has orange eyes. He also has a um, a constellation called the Ring of Orlanth, which has um, a green star and 
seven orange stars around it, uh, which is his symbol in the sky. And so uh, orange eyes are very associated with mysticism, the spirit world, things of that nature. So that would also uh, be something that would make people maybe even in a very magical world, a little bit, you know, weirded out by Camrys. And little, little spoiler alert for <laughs> our viewers and those watching. Uh, my name is a little bit of a word play on uh, chimerism. So if that's any, I won't give any further spoilers, but that's just a little something for the folks that are listening. Was that um, was that easier to come up with a name than heterochromia? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and you grew up in our you, like you were born and grew up in our village, like you. Yeah. So my village. father is my only living relative. Um, his father uh, was the potter of the village, so he makes. I would imagine they work with clay. Um, and yeah. make like clay pots and jars and stuff. Um, my father now does that. My grandfather's no longer here. Um, so my grandfather, my father's kind of just a nobody potter. Um, and, uh, he is the only surviving relative that I have that is around. So, but yes, I did grow up here. I do, I do live here in the Vale. Um, and everybody knows me for sure. Um, so yeah. His name is Harry, by the way, Harold, and he is a potter. Harry. <laughs> wow. 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 Just fucking put that together. Oh, Troy. Shame. Christian's like, fuck. <laughs> Christian, you let him do this. He sneaks things past me because because here's the thing: the whole week before is like, can I have a block? Can I have this prophecy about me? Can I have a magical cat? Can I have this? And you're like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you know, then he's how like, about a like, dad whose name is Harold? I don't care. Yeah. And then you slip that past. <laughs> Harold, yeah, yeah, yeah there's nothing that. wrong with that. That's a great name. Yeah. Cool. He's yeah. a Potter. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, but yes. you, yeah. Good, good good reference, Troy, but also, um, you know, fuck J.K. Rowling and TERFs. That's our stand. <laughs> so. The official stand of DMs After Dark. This is the hill we will die on. Fuck TERFs. <laughs> anyway. yeah. I guess I'm uh, I'm last. Uh, so follow that up. Yep. Yeah. Well, on that on that note, so my character has the least dead family. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, with both start. parents still alive, uh, one grandparent still alive. Rub it in, can hey, hey, both of my parents <laughs> are probably still family. alive. <laughs> They're still here too. Ah, <laughs> they're present. Yeah. Um, my character's name is uh, Descara, son of Sarluf, uh, of Bearfallen. Uh, not only do I still have parents grandparents i also have five siblings who i am the oldest of um and who i am uh, also very protective of uh Descara is a also a giant amongst these teens uh he has been very gifted statistically like he's a unit how he, he is, gifted he is, is quite... he? Right now, I saw that face. <laughs> <laughs> um, With huge tracks of land. <laughs> um, just trying to flip through my notes here. So he is, um, he is huge. He is 
quite he's strong. A Not, he's uh, he is a hunter. He his grand uh, his uh, favorite grandparent and parent are his grandmother and mother. Uh, both of them being hunters. His grandmother was a hunt a hunter of found child, and as is my mother. Uh, my grandmother had actually died oh. in bald home uh, with gl- uh, great glory, uh, but that was. Before I was born, so uh, I had only heard uh, stories of her bravery. Uh, my mother fought in Star Browse Rebellion, and uh, because of that, was exiled for a year by the Lunars. And uh, after she came back, though, she continued to fight. Uh, she fought in the uh, uh, she fought in the Hendrickson campaign. Uh, what just no, th- this past yet. year? Nope. Zip, no, it's not happening yet. That has I you, thought that was twenty. Far. That, no, you said stop you, at twenty. Uh, I no, said stop 16, because you're getting ahead of yourself. It is sixteen nineteen. That's ah, where okay. we started. Yeah, she is God going damn it, to Christian, fight. I also wrote it that. Spoiler, that's okay. Here. I told yeah. you to stop. Two players, I no, said. Somebody I said, told me to go. Stop at sixteen nineteen. That's okay. That's all right. So tall, you don't have any blood flow to your brain. Fucking idiots. Wow. Wow. I can't hear you from down there. (laughs) (laughs) From up here. They're going to get stuffed in the Bronze Age equivalent of a locker. (laughs) An amphora. You're going to get stuffed in the amphora, Camrys. Well, my mother is a fighter, and she is continuing to fight. Um, Discar himself, he was uh, kind of raised on the, the found child's ideology of how I kind of read it is like protecting and providing for others. Um, so he is, he is very much protective of his family, his friends, his, um, pretty much anyone that he feels needs to be uh, protected. So this you are life. Nephilim. You are Nephilim again. <laughs> um, it's just who I play. I, I can't help it. He, you know, he's got I, a type. I, we all have a type. I we made, all have a type. Listen, I, I'm playing against type right now. But I was gonna say, um, I, I made the joke that Kent, you'd feel like you need to protect me, probably just because I'm an idiot. But uh, we do share a hate of the Lunar Empire, so yeah. maybe maybe you're like the hold me back guy. Some of us, this maybe back, bro. Some of us are playing our types to the T. Some of us I are think, going against the types. I think in this campaign, everybody pretty much leaned into their their character to the T, except for Rainy. I mean, I could have played a nerd, but yeah, I could have no, played a went, nerd. You went edge lord, which uh, is not Reese you. Does have? Is... Emrys does have Liberace vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, everyone in chat's like, Liberace? There is no context for that character. There just isn't. That's no, all I have to say. I will give this context. Liberace is one of the characters that originally brought this group together. That's true. That was the first game we played. Now, as most of play in a Call of Cthulhu game based in a, like, Boys prison. Boy was neither part of the prison nor <laughs> the uh, just the milk boy. <laughs> just the milk boy. Anyway, just the milk boy. Wilco. So that's everybody, huh? Yep, that's everybody. Is it really this time, or did I miscount? 
No, no, no. Got it. Nailed it, Christian. I, I kept it's count. That the same oh, no. Whichever. Okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so uh, I'm going to pop a map up here. There's Black Stag Veil for everyone. Uh, it's on, on the Twitch screen if you want to take Yeah, everyone but you. It's it's also, this is also in the, in the Google Drive oh, if you want okay. to grab this it. Yeah. map of the, gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's the map of the Steeds, um, middle of the town and everything. Uh, and we'll start with that there. So it is Wednesday. Wednesday, not Wednesday, but it's also Wednesday. Uh, Harmony Week in sea season, which is the first truly warm day of the year. And melting snow had filled the veil this morning with mist, but now the sun has climbed up enough high enough in the sky that it's burned out. And the clan is celebrating Plow Blessing Day, which is the high holy day of Barntar, son of Orlanth, who is the lord of the plow and farming. And everybody's divided here. Men have gone to do their own thing, and women have gone to do their thing. Uh, and the men are gone to Stag Hill which is uh, the worship center for Orlanth in the Vale. Uh, and Stag Hill is what it sounds like. It's a hill. And on the hill are seven standing stones. And each stone has a single rune, uh, one for each of the seven Lightbringer deities. Uh, and those runes are runes of air, harmony, disorder, truth, communication, man, and fate. But the men and boys of the clan have all kind of had a procession to go up there. And they're led by Gordengar, who is the chief of the clan. And his brother, Savin, who is the windlord and mystic uh, or um, uh, shaman of the clan. Uh, and they're leading a bull called Longbellow. Uh, and Bryn, I think maybe this bull was donated by your family for this, if that's okay for you. Uh, but Longbellow is he's like the prize-winning bull uh, of, of the Vale uh, for the last year or so. And he's got a very special role to play because he's going to be sacrificed today uh, for the clan. Uh, so that they might have a successful harvest in the coming year. And so they read to the ceremony, uh, and the bull is led into the center of the standing stones, and Sabin is chanting in the air tongue. It's called the storm speech, which is a tongue of the storm gods. Boys, you're not initiated into manhood yet. You haven't begun to learn this. Once you join the cult of Warlands, you'll be taught some of it. But he is chanting it, and the men around them are all chanting, and you're standing and you're watching. Uh, where do you think you're standing? We'll at start the with you. Back. Ruin. <laughs> Ruin, you're all the way in the back. Okay. Yeah, at the just edge, periphery, watching. So you're standing, Ruin, you're standing all the way in the back, and you're watching. You're tall. You're still taller than most of the people here, so you can kind of you can kind of see what's going on. But uh, you're, you're Rainy's also, right fucking in front of me. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know how you know how um, religious you are necessarily as a character uh, to be into this, but uh, you know it's an important ritual. But you're kind of looking around and you feel you feel something watching you, and you look kind of around, 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 and you look up high up on the bluffs on the mountains above Stag Hill. You look up there and you see standing there the black stag. Yeah. So every the stag spirit inhabits a stag, and it's considered a full member of the tribe. It's actually considered part of the tribal government, the ring, uh, although it doesn't usually show up. And it's also the king of the beasts in the whole vale. Uh, so it's also its own very powerful shaman. Uh, but this is an animal that's standing up there, very big rack, like a like a sixteen point stag standing up there looking down on you and you feel like he's looking at you for a minute 
Yup. Yup. Bruce just yep. gonna stare back across the distance. So you kind of just nervous. You're just like, I don't <laughs> and you kind of do that sort of thing. Uh but yeah, he's up there. And one of the men next to you, uh, we'll say it's actually Karenstar, son of Grohl, who's one of the weapon things. She just happens to be standing next to you, and he sees it, and he says, Here it is, boy. Thought the white or the clan's nothing. Just gonna nod. I'm <laughs> like, yup. <laughs> what about you, Ven? Where are you? Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm right in front of Ruin. Um, but I just blocking. Yeah. <laughs> what do you see? Just ruin it. Ruin's got a crane, crane his head around. One of two people in the whole clan who can block my view. No. Um. Got to ruin everything. I don't think. Um. I don't think Ven's in the front. But this is a. This is an important. Uh, despite not being the religion that is religion and cult synonymous in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so cult cult is not in, in the, um, you know, our modern term of cult, like, you know, something that takes all your money and makes you believe in like, you know, I don't know. your Thetans. Exactly. Uh, good. Good. This is cult in, in the ancient world one, which is a religious organization which contains secrets. So there are lay members, which you guys are now, where you kind of, you worship, you go to church. The cult, when you're initiated, you start to know the stuff and get some of its magic and things like that. So it's synonymous with religion. So this isn't this isn't a particularly important event in Ven's mind, um, but at the same time, it is an it's a rite of initiation for age, right? So it, it that is significant. I don't think he's right in the front, but I kind of want I kind of want Ven to be like dead center. You're just in the middle of the group. Yeah, just like kind of everyone around me. You can be you can be right there with with uh, with Harbar if you want, because he's there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, I would be okay. with my uncle. Yeah. So you're so you're there with Harvar, and you're you know just kind of hanging out, uh, watching things, and, and the chanting is going on, and the bull is in the middle, and as chance, it, although it was a sunny day and, and the mists had been burned off by the sun, the wind actually picks up mm. while they're on this hill, and it gets a little cloudy uh, as this is going on, uh, which is a sign that the gods are paying attention. Kamris, where are you? So I am actually up very close to the front, probably as close as I could squirrel my way in. Mm -hmm. um, Which is easy since you're because small. Because I'm so, sh yeah, because I'm so short, right? I had to get a little closer. Um, but Tamris is, despite his best efforts, his attention is very divided because part of him is focused on the shaman. And mm -hmm. he he swears that like occasionally he'll hear something that the shaman is saying and he'll understand it, even though he doesn't understand this language at all. Right. He's never yes, learned it. That's and absolutely then, fine. Yep. Yep. So that's something that's definitely um, bothering him and taking a lot of his focus. But then he also notices the stag um, that's, you know, outside of the immediate area and his attention keeps getting diverted to that too, um, because he has a reverence for this, this being right. Um, I think that's, I think the whole, everybody else could be like on fire or have like just violent episodes of like vomiting and diarrhea and he wouldn't notice. He's just okay. completely, nothing else matters. He's, so. he's entranced in the ritual of it all. Correct. Okay. Okay. And Descara, where are you? I am probably uh, standing 
I'd probably say off to the side with uh, probably the other men from uh, my clan, mm-hmm. from uh, from my uh, stead. Um, <clears throat> not too upfront. I'll like definitely let the uh, the, the short folk. <laughs> the, the, the short folk. He is very much uh, very well aware of of his height, and he would uh, not definitely not want to be blocking anyone who wants to see the the ceremony as it happens um and like in the in this uh ceremony it's pretty much the men uh of age or just about of age men and boys so you you since you were young this is not something where it's all men only this is men and boys We've yeah. seen this several times every year. Absolutely. Is, yeah. yeah. No, once a okay. year. Once a year. Uh, well, this I mean, is several times. Planning, in, but, uh, yeah, but you've, yeah, you've yeah. been through this. Yep. Yep. So I, I might even be, uh, let's see. I probably, I might even have my uh, my youngest brother. Actually, he might be too young. But the, the youngest brother that will, will come, he's probably up on my shoulders to see uh, better. All right. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say that Sarof is standing next to you. Uh, and as you're standing there and you're watching this, um, the, the chanting from Saban has actually kind of calmed this bull. Because Longbellow was a Longbellow was a like a, a bull. He was big and obnoxious, and you know did did uh, bull stuff. Uh, but the chanting and the magic has kind of calmed it down. And as he's calmed down, um, Gordingar has a knife, and he's walking over to him, and the father. I just know you assholes are typing something in Zoom, and I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to pay attention. Uh, I saw Rainy reacted. I was like, Rainy. I know. I know something's in there when that happens. Uh, Sarov just turns to your. What's what's the brother with you? What's his name? This car. Uh, I pro, uh, Orlfin is my the youngest brother on my shoulders. I do have another brother who is younger than me. Uh, so my my three Even brothers taller. are. Uh, uh, Garrett, G-A-R-A-K-T. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orlfin is younger than him. Then I have two sisters. And then you have Venatar as the youngest. And Venatar is my youngest. So you have Orlfin, Orlfin with you on your shoulders. Uh, and, and you've heard your dad talk about this all the time. So you're just like, whatever, dad. But he turns to your brother and he's like, he's like, you see, boy, the cattle, without the cattle, the clan would starve. And that's why sacrificing the bull is so important and the gods appreciate it. Because we're not giving up just the bull. We're giving up all the cows the bull would have had had we kept it alive. And as he says that, Gordigax cuts the bull's throat. And assistants are there, and they have waterproof sheepskin sacks, so they actually catch the blood uh, from its throat as they sacrifice it uh, and cut to the women at the riddle. Floral fin. So the riddle is the is is the I just want I gotta say this. So he's like made fun of yeah, it's completely out of fun. In chat, okay, they're making fun of Descar's brother's name or Oral Finn as Oral Finn. All right, so that's that's why I just made Don't a stupid say face. They and laugh. Like it's all of us. Yes, it's all of exactly. you. I it's am right. not involved. <laughs> Shut up, Sarah. You've dropped some doozies in here also. <laughs> Hashtag fish <laughs> yeah. Well, Christian's like, none of you are innocent. None I, of you are clean. <laughs> I made one really bad joke during Crosser's Carnival, okay? <laughs> and no one lets me look down. No. So anyway, uh the riddle is the 
Earth Temple. Uh, and what it is, is a there's a sheer cliff face uh, by Riddlebotch, the steed, and in it is just a square hole, perfectly square, couldn't have been cut by hand, perfectly square, smooth hole in the mountain. Uh, the Earth Rune is actually just a square. Uh, and this is a very sacred place. This is an ancient, ancient temple that dates back before time. Uh, and outside of there, you're gathered outside of the temple, uh, and it's flanked on two sides of the entrance. There are statues of, of Babister Gore, who is the um, avenging daughter of Ronaldo. And she's dancing. Both statues have axes in each hand, a belt of hands, and a necklace of skulls. And on the feet of the statues, there are flecks of old blood, because when they sacrifice outside of the, of the riddle, they make sure the blood goes on her feet, because she is the avenging daughter. She's the bloodthirsty aspect of the Earth Mother. Uh, and flanking those statues, there's a statue of Voira, the spring maiden, who's just a, a girl with flowers in her hair. And there's a statue of Bartar, who's the son of Orlanth, and Arnalda, who is the god of the plow. So there's a statue of a guy with a plow. Make all the jokes you want, Troy. But in front of that, standing Already in front, of, standing in front <laughs> of that, uh, you actually spelled it right. Uh, standing in front of that, um, in front of the riddle, is the high priestess of Arnalda, who is Morganath. Uh, and Morganath is, is a woman with, she's wearing green robes, uh, and she's got steel, steel gray hair. Uh, she's the sort of person that seems taller than she really is. Uh, and she's got older tattoos on her hands uh, and arms of earth runes, uh, but also snakes that coil around her arms. And at the end of her hand, on the outside of each hand is a snake's head. Uh, and she's wearing a fringe with tassels over her eyes for this because she's blinded. She was blinded by the Crimson Bat when it destroyed the city of Runegate during the lunar invasion, which destroyed Old Home and conquered the nation. Uh, and she's being assisted by Ruin's mom, Liv. What does Liv look like, Ruin? Uh, Liv has a uh, kind of lighter brown. Liv is still quite young. Uh, she had Ruin at a young age herself. Um, so she is, uh, she's short, she's shorter. Ruin gets his height, definitely not from his mother. <laughs> um, not quite as short as Bryn. She's maybe five, four-ish. Um, but she has straight kind of like shiny light brown hair. It's, uh, kind of like done up in some elaborate braids down her back. Um, she has blue eyes, um, and she just looks very, very full of life. She's got like a brightness to her eyes, a brightness to her skin, um, when she smiles, it's like spring. When she's stern, it's like a coming storm. Uh, she's got a very potent personality, um, and she always carries and conducts herself well. She holds her head high, her shoulders straight. Um, it takes a lot to throw her off her game, so to speak. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> cool. So she's um, she's helping Liv and uh, Orissa. The other women are all gathered around, and there are sacks of seeds, okay? And the seeds are the ones that are going to be planted in the fields, obviously, as, as the, um, once all this festival is over. Uh, and you've been selected uh, because it's probably your last chance to ever do this because you have not been initiated fully as a woman yet because you have not experienced your first menstruation yet. Uh, but you're playing the role of that Voyager. cancer slows things down. <laughs> it does. Maybe it's because you're sickly. But you have been selected to play the role of Voira, the spring maiden, here. Uh, and so you've got flowers in your hair, and as and you're wearing a white, uh, white skirt dress, which is 
you probably love because that's what you aspire to and all your family has, has done. Uh, and as Morgan has chance in the earth tongue, Liv is bringing this axe of seeds to you. And it's your job to lay your hands on the seeds and just will them to grow. But all day you haven't been feeling very well. Uh, you've, you've been, the food hasn't tasted right. Things haven't smelled right. Sometimes you felt hot. Sometimes you felt cold. It's coronavirus. <laughs> and, and, and as you as you're you're laying your hands on the seeds, it it seems to get even worse because you you know all the faces of the women that are here with you. You've grown up with them, but you swear out of the corner of eye you see you see ones that you don't recognize. Some of them are bright and beautiful. Some of them are dark and terrible. But you swear, and it's only out of the corner of your eyes you see them. But you just, you kind of close your eyes and you just, you will through and you bless the seeds. And once you're done blessing the seeds and the bulls are done being butchered on the other side of the veil, everybody's going to come together. And as you're walking together, uh, you see Liv and she's actually talking to, uh, she's actually talking to, hold on, I have to get the character's name, Sendra, who is uh, the wife of one of the, um, one of the cotters, which is a sheep, owns a sheep, owners of sheep, has a little, has a little cottage. Uh, she's got a black eye. And Liv is like, what, what happened, Sandra? Was, what happened? And she's like, no, no, it's, it's fine. I just, I just fell. I just fell. But you clock that. As everybody gathers at the first field, uh, and at the first field, which is right outside of the town, uh, there's already a, a team of oxen set up with a plow and the blood is taken. The first sack of blood from Longbell is taken and the plow is anointed. And again, Savin says prayers to Barnar and, um, Barn, Barntar and Orlanth and Heller, the god or goddess of rain, uh, that it'll be a fertile season and the weather will cooperate. And Gordongar takes his shirt off and Gordongar is, um, he's the chief. He's mid forties. He's, um, Still got a warrior's build, but he's running a little bit to fat. Uh, he's got black hair, but it's shot through with gray. He's one of the troll touched. Uh, one of the of the war band that reclaimed this uh, the veil uh, was a troll, and so the legend of of um, the Hortling people is that some of them are troll touched. They have dark hair and eyes, uh, and he's got a little bit of that. He's got very big, strong hands and tattoos of earth, I'm sorry, tattoos of air and movement, because he is also um, a rune lord of Orlanth. But he plows the field. Is, sorry, real quick to interject, yep. is is mm -hmm. 40s, like, young for the chief? 40, is that, like, unusual? Uh, 48? No, 48's pretty old. I mean, look how many people died. That's fair. So, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not, like, ancient gonna die, but he's, you know, He's, he's look how many people die. It's a violent world. Uh, so he's, he plows the field and everybody kind of stands around and, you know, talks and watches him while they do it. Cause as the chief, it's his job to do it. Uh, but he plows the first field, but by the time he's done, he's just soaked in sweat. Uh, but after that, the party starts. Party. <laughs> so, and all of us are clearly party people as we've absolutely. described our characters, total party animals. Minus. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you're a party animal. <laughs> the yeah. scars out there moshing with the kids. <laughs> yeah. So the meat, the meat from Long Bellow is cooked. Uh, so that's what you eat, along with things that other people bought. Uh, and there is wrestling. There's bull taming, bull riding. There's archery competitions for men. Uh, there are foot races for the kids. Um, what is everyone doing? 
I'm watching men wrestle. Real men. <laughs> I wrestle a bull? Men can I'm just watching real men kids. wrestle. I'm oh, like, wow, this boys. looks painful and violent. The only one who's an adult here is Bryn, actually. <laughs> so she can, can wrestle a bull or ride a bull if she wants. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to eat. I probably am doing archery for now, though. It's kind of early to be like riding Wrestling a bull. Wrestling Eventually. Eventually, you're going to go, After All right, a so few let's... more drinks, you will wrestle a bull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The mead and clear wine is flowing. Uh, one of the things, um, world building detail, the Collymere tribe has a fort called Clear Wine, uh, and it's called Clear Wine. That's their capital because vodka? they make they make clear wine there. It's kind of like champagne. It's made with oh. white grapes. Uh, so, so that's that's their export and what they're known for. So, you got some clear wine. Uh, you got some regular wine. You got some mead flowing here uh, for adults and kids because you know it's the Bronze Age. They don't give a fuck. And um, so, you're going to do archery, Bryn? I think so. I also kind of want to try and encourage Ven to dance. Okay. Bully him. Yeah. Do it. Bully him to dance. Like, you won't do it. So, all right. So, there is... um, Just in the back. The beat is lame. The beat is lame. So, the tribal uh, skald... (laughs) Hold on. I just got to get his name. Is Keladin Blue Eye, uh, who is actually not a native-born... Um, Paraborn, he's he's met Gordangar in his travels. He's what's called a bonded Ermali, uh, which means that he's an initiate of the trickster god. Uh, and he there's a Ermal mm-hmm. the trickster was one of the was the guide that led Orlanth and the other lightbringers into the underworld to resurrect the sun after it had died. And so he has a sort of sacred role, but he's also a big troublemaker, Ermal. And so there's a thing within uh Hortley culture called the bonded Ermali, meaning that a chief or or uh, a worshiper of Orlanth can be like, this one's my boy, this Ormali. And there's kind of an agreement between them that the Ormali is going to behave because if he doesn't, the Orlanthi is is responsible for him. And so he's kind of like the style in the court jest. That's but cool. he's, sing- he's singing some songs and he's playing, um, I'm going to say probably uh, a flute or possibly uh, like, um, uh, like uh, bagpipes, both very Orlanthi. Things. So let's say bagpipes. He's playing some bagpipes. He's playing some traditional songs. There's some dancing. As a matter of fact, uh, Jorna Songvice, uh, who is the chief's wife, she's she's Gordinger's third wife. She's in her early 20s. Uh, she's very thin, long, dark hair. He, she's the uh, goth girlfriend. Uh, she's dancing with Deladra, That's who is, uh, is her friend, um, who is married to Karen Star. Son of Grohl, who's the one who talked to you earlier, Ruin? Uh, Karen Stars in his late 30s. He's a real serious guy. He's got some gray going on in his hair. Uh, and he's just very, like, matter of fact, Deladra's not. Deladra's pretty silly. Uh, Deladra's just pretty having a young. good time. <laughs> Deladra also grew up in a very poor family. And it's no secret that Deladra really likes the fact that she's married to one of the weapon things because she gets to live uh, around the main hall now. But they're yeah. dancing. Uh, so they're dancing. Some of the kids are dancing. And, Does she uh, make everyone call her by her husband's rank? No, <laughs> nope. Okay, no. But so uh, not Karen. But Deladra okay. and, and Jorna are mostly leading the dance, uh, and 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 Jorna's like, "Come on, come on, Gordon, are you going to get up and dance?" And he's like, "I'm tired, woman. I've been plowing the field all day." And she's like, "Oh, plowing during the day, too tired to plow at night? Then okay." Oh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh shit! <laughs> I told you. Meanwhile, Ken's over here with up. his little brothers, just walks away. <laughs> she gets up and starts dancing with her. Uh, and Bryn, if you want to encourage him to, uh, yeah, 
dance. Go for it. I was actually thinking, Ben, you should totally cut in and dance with the chief's wife. Oh, why? No. I don't know. So I was just thinking about it. He might fucking do it. Did you hear his character description? (laughs) Hey, man, you don't plow. Go give it a shot. Look how tired he is. I mean... I was going to say that he's, like, hyper-vigilant. Like, a party is, like, the perfect place everyone's inhibitions are down, but also their defenses are down. But also, at the same time, I mean, like, sure, you know what? Why why not? Get close to the chieftain's daughter. Darkness is my highest rune affinity. That's all about... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's your death drive. You're like, you know what? I want to fucking ruin myself. I'm going to dance with the chief's wife. No, that is not what I imagined Ven doing. Um, Yeah, it's very anti I don't think that's... uh, I think he's hyper vigilant, but if he's there overhearing this, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ven, I'm you see, stand, standing in the, standing off in the in kind of the edge of the party as usual, uh, you see Jorgenoth Bladesong, who mm-hmm. is the chief of the Weapon Thanes, uh, yep. who is actually a Humakti swordman. Oh yes, uh, and he's he's he still has oh, his sword yes. on him, but he's not wearing the rest of his armor. Uh, but he is not as tall as you, but he's very tall, very thin, and very gaunt. Uh, and he has tattoos on his arms of death and truth around both arms, and in his forehead like is actually ritually scarred the death the the uh, the death rune, which is a sword, and it's anointed with ash. And you know this because you've watched him every morning. He gets up early and he goes to the burial fields. He practices with his sword and he uses grave ash to anoint that. But he's just standing there watching. Yeah, I mean, like that's where I think I'd be more than uh, mm-hmm. flirting with chieftains' wives. To be fair, I mean, my character. Yeah, I didn't think you were actually going to do it. Bryn Moore is just going to try and tease you because, like, you are uh, more of a it's... stoic type. It's bullying you, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so this is this is our relationship. I'm totally as fine friends do bullying okay. you. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, you nudge me. I, I, Ven looks uncomfortable at the thought, and that's actually that's the perfect segue, Christian, for Ven to like look at it, like swallow, and like. Um, and then he sees the the man, the chief to the weapon thing that he watches, like train with the sword every day. And he goes, I think I'm needed. And I just, and I just uh, go to uh, sadly sycophant for this weapon thing. Uh, sure. He's just like, he just sees you and he's like, you can join the party if you want, boy. You don't need to stand with me. Well, I'm watching the party. To make sure that nothing goes wrong. Um, as everyone is allowing themselves a moment of defenselessness, I thought it best to remain vigilant. I, think that is I can respect that. Here. Yeah, so he's just, he's like, okay, so you, you hang out with the grim guy. Uh, Ruin, what are you doing? Ruin is keeping an eye on the kids and making sure none of them wander way too far, being small and whatnot. So he's like helping oh herd uh, Discar's kid, Discar's kid siblings, and uh, just the other little ones. Give me a scan roll. Give me a scan roll if you have it. We gotta have the first roll. First roll of the game. No. First roll, breaking the seal. No. That's breaking the seal. Hang on. This is <laughs> four-page character sheet. I got it. I got it. Uh, this is percentile. Yeah. So so it's you want to roll under. Equal to or under your scan skill. Equal to or under my scan skill. All right, where the hell is my other percentile die? Well, I guess I'm going to roll 2d10s like a like a new Fucking scrub. Okay, I rolled a two, so that's pretty damn good. 
That's uh, phenomenal. That's Wait, definitely under total? my scan. My scan is forty. Super so sharp. okay, that's like Good a, for a bliss spot. success. We'll so, you're, so you're you're kind of taking this all in. You're you're kind of wrestling with one of one of this car's like you know younger siblings to make sure he doesn't get underfoot because you guys you guys are friendly. You hang out in the woods a lot uh, together hunting, uh, and you you see you see Jorna and Deladra dancing, and you also you kind of see past that, and you see someone you know pretty well, which is Lonson Leapwater. Uh, who is another one of the weapon things. Uh, she is a Vingan. Uh, she has red hair that she's, she's, she's dyed red, uh, but it's not quite the color of blood. It's the color of like an earthy clay that she's dyed it. Uh, she has tattoos of air, particularly an air rune on her forehead uh, in blue. And she's not wearing any of her weapons right now. She's just dressed in um, like, a, like a tunic. Uh, but she's standing by one of the tables where they have the drinks set up and she's got uh, her own bowl of clear wine, but she's just looking at Jorna. And she doesn't know if anyone sees that or not, but she's just watching Jorna and she just looks kind of sad. Ah, ah, this is an awkward thing to notice. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm going to run over and grab some kind of ball and throw it to some kind of kid. (laughs) So you just, you just, you ignore that and you get, you get into the, into the kids. <laughs> ding, ding, but also, ding. but also, uh, wolf yeah, so when you throw a, a ball, does your wolf? I'm like, oh, I gotta chase it too. <laughs> what are you? What are you Stop doing? This ball just fucking eats it into Ken's I was, head. Uh, uh, probably with uh, with Rue, just playing with the uh, the kids, keeping them occupied. Um, spin one of them around so it can't walk straight. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> probably. <you> uh, <laughs> Roughhousing with the younger boys that are trying to be rowdy. Sure. So you're kind of wrestling, and where you're wrestling, you see you see um, a couple walking up uh, carrying some trays, and all the kids are like Jugala, and they all run over, and it is um, it is <laughs> Borkar, who is the merchant. He's the Isri's merchant of of the clan. He's the only one who actually leaves the Vale. Any so he leaves and he comes back with cool shit. He leaves and he comes back with school cool shit. He's he's an yeah. initiative of the merchant god. He's um nowhere near your height. He's 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 average height. He's a little chubby. He's got a very round face with eyes that are just a little too small for his face. Um his hair is shortish and brown and kind of like thinning on top, but he's got a full beard still. Uh he's got some harmony and movement runes tattooed on him. Uh and he's fairly well dressed. He's got some nice uh, Doc Boyd sent out a uh, hydrate clothing. Oh, hey, hey, hydrate. I have one sip of hydration left. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got, he's got some of the nicer clothes uh, in of uh, people in the Vale. But he's with his wife, and it's his new wife. Uh, he only met her um, oh, last year, over the summer. Uh, and her name is Drugala Appelcheeks. And she's uh, she's she lives up to the name, plus the plump and uh, long, long kind of same that same clay red sort of hair, kind of uh, yeah, thick, thick is a good word for her. uh, you know, braided How down many the back. C's? Two C's. <laughs> Uh, and she's got a green, <laughs> a green dress on, and um, she's got some tattoos of also uh, movement uh, and earth. But she's got this big tray, and she's like, "I made the honey cakes everyone likes." And the kids are just like, "Honey cakes!" And they just run over, and Walker's like, "Oh, now you gotta leave enough for everyone, kids!" And they just like, "This guy like, is like honey cakes. Take them, let them take them." Bear. <laughs> Your inner bear comes out. <laughs> what are you doing, Arissa? 
Um, she is uh, slowly I'm drinking so water and trying to not think about feeling worse than normal. And she's yeah, like, you're not, I, you're not feeling very well at all. Yeah, and, she's like, um, I have to put on the good face because they put me in the dress and gave me the flowers and I have to look professional. And as sure, I need to not look at Zoom chat. Uh, as you're... <laughs> um, as you're kind of sitting there, uh, an old friend of yours comes over. Um, it's Senator Runsaway. Uh, she's a little bit older than you, uh, but her and her husband, Desderev, were kind of like the older brother and sister-ish of your group when you were younger. Uh, and they've been like flirting for their entire life and they're married now. Uh, which is great because they've they've gone through the adulthood ritual uh, a couple of years ago uh, for Desrev, and she was only within the last two years. But they're married now, and, and she's they're expecting their first child. Uh, but she's she's coming along, and she just kind of like flops herself down next to you, and she's like, "Huh, what are you doing, honey?" Uh, not not my best day, but I'm I'm doing all right. How oh, how no, are you? you? Oh, I'm, oh, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just, you know, oh, I'm kicked again. But, you know, oh. and Desiree comes over. He's like, oh, here you go. And he's just like juggling like some, um, I know it's the Bronze Age, and I, but I don't want a pregnant women drinking. He's got some water. <laughs> for her. Water. Yeah. Don't drink and, this, woman. I, just, I know they did, but like, I just don't want to do that. So he's just like, right, here you go. Here you go. I'll go get you some food. Just just hold still. It's milk with honey else? in it. Yes, milk with honey in it. That's perfect. Thank you. Do you need anything else? Oh, no. No, I'm fine, honey. Go, go, go watch the wrestling. I know you love it. All right. Oh, Marissa. Yeah. Do you need anything? No, I, I'm all right, thank you. And she kind of holds up a decanter of water. I don't know what. Uh, the wine the... they actually the wine they actually drink in bowls. No, she's not having wine right now. Oh. oh, what are you having then? She's just having water. Um, yeah, mug. Yeah, she holds up a little mug. Yeah, yeah. Water comes in puddles. They hand you a puddle of water. <laughs> just, like, just stick your face in this puddle. Uh, but yeah, so you're, she's like, okay, well. Let me know if you need anything. Then he goes off to watch the rest of them. Anything anyone else wants to do? I I think Kymreese has been watching the wrestling long enough. He wants to participate. You're not a man. You're not, not, old you're not initiative. Not old Fuck. enough, kiddo. Not initiated. Go wrestle but with the kids. I will I will give you No, a, oh, not uh, Kent's brothers and sisters. They're all twice my size. <laughs> I will give you a consolation. I will give you a consolation scan roll. Okay. A consolation roll. I gotta get a 35 or less. <laughs> Listen, <Yeah>. child. <laughs> I got a 96, so that would be you no. <laughs> are enthralled with the wrestling. You're like, I'm gonna uh, do that someday. <laughs> Look at someday I could be a strong man. As you're sitting there, you're sitting next to center, and uh, she's like, oh, look at that. And you kind of look across the party, and you see, and you know him, because he's from White Barkstead, like you are, Fedor. Uh, And Fedor... Is Is this the the fuckboy? This is the Bronze Age fuckboy. Fedor... It's like the wind elementals just blessed his hair because it's like the perfect long and it always just falls just right in a which, not a which way it looks. And his beard is a little scrubby, but it's just the right sort of scruffy. And he's got just the right color blue eyes and just the right 
muscles in his body. The lighting always hits just, just right. The lighting always hits just right. And he's over there uh, with Saratha. You're not and like. Saratha is, uh, you know her. She's from uh, the state across. I think it's Crystal Falls or Crystal Cave. Uh, it's kind of across the thing for, uh, across from you. Uh, and they're um, like looking around Crystal Falls, not Pineapple Falls, and leaving, <laughs> sneaking away. Oh, God. The drama of small towns, y'all. Yeah. Insert banjo small music. Pound. Drama. And Sano was like, oh. That boy is going to get himself killed one day by an angry husband or an angry father. Easily. She'll, she'll learn oh, quickly. I hope Daddy. so. Descara, you're like wrestling with your kids. Yep. And uh, while you're doing that, you hear, Hey, how you doing? Oh. And you turn. And you see Ezrala, daughter of Coolville, uh, who is actually not Haraborn. Part of this festivities here are there are some unmarried folks from other clans that are staying with keep people. Keep the pool wide. Just keep to kind of keep the pool wide. You don't want the, the family tree without any branches. Uh, so she's one of them. She's staying with some distant relatives in Red Rock Steed. Uh, and, you know, she's been staying there for... Actually, probably from the last summer, and you've gotten to know each other a little bit. You know, talked here and there, but uh, yeah, she says hi to you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably have like one kid up on my on one shoulder. I got one another mm-hmm. under uh, another arm. I'll, uh, I'll just like turn. I'll just set them both down. Just, uh, I can't look at the chat either. <laughs> Don't look at the chat. Just don't look at it. Yeah, I'm gonna close it. <laughs> um, I'll uh, you know, I'll I'll turn. Stop making that face, Amber. <laughs> uh, um, I'll turn. And I'll be just like, like, hi. It's good to see you here. Yes. 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 I'm, I'm I'm shutting this screen. Hold on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Too too well, much practice. If you want to know, eventually our Patreon. <laughs> so she, she goes. Oh, well, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't miss it for the world. It's quite the event. It's very festive every every year. It's... Yes, of course. And I just, I, I just, I know, I really admire you, brought you with your siblings. I, I love children myself. I hope to have a lot of them. You know, Ronaldo. She kind of wants you to do that, but. uh I just be really yes, good with yes. them. I, I, and as she says that, you hear, Hizrala! Hizrala! And like, you hear like, as someone runs up, and it's Darston, who is also from Red Rock Steed. Darston is your age. He's also troll-touched. He's got kind of, not like long hair, but kind of like wild dark hair with dark eyes. And you've known him your whole life, and you and he just, yeah. He is, doesn't like you. Uh, so he's like, did you see? Did you see? I, I won the race. Did you see? And she's like, oh, that's um, it's really good, Darson. Yeah, I'm going to run again if if you want to watch. And she's like, oh, um, I'm just kind of talking to this car again here. And she's like, oh, 
Tay Descara. Kirsten? How's it going? Planning on winning that race again? Yeah. You want to run? Rue's going to, like, chest pass a ball at this guy. Just, like, (laughs) play with this ball. Wingman coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to... Well, uh... I wouldn't mind uh, picking up a picking up a race. Just get away from the younger uh, younger ones here for a little bit. Sure. Um, she's, we'll, so, let's see uh, how they all chase him. So Israel's like, "Oh, I'll I'll watch." <laughs> You're already winning, dude. How come and, he gets uh, to race? He's not a man. You, you races are for kids. Wrestling's for men. Ah, it's just sport straight. Yeah, You're watching so, the wrong sport. So you head over to yeah, you know, there's a big the right field. One. They have kind of tables set out in front of the in front of the uh, in front of the the the, the king the, the chief's great hall. Uh, but you you head over to where there's an open field and um, one of your little brothers. Which one? I don't want to say Oral Finn because I can't say that name anymore without giggling. So um, <laughs> uh, Garrick. Is Garrett. Like the, Garrett, uh, Garrett is going to be like Garrett is going to be like ready set go and we'll do. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's do um, running. I guess would be Dex. I guess we'll just see who's faster. So just roll and see how you do. All right, and is that uh, that's going to be. Uh... Just percentile as well, right? Percentile. Uh, so we, with your dex, just do it dex times five and see if you can roll under it. Okay, dex times five. Yep. Is there no run skill? No. You have to jump everywhere. Like when Troy didn't know you could run in Valheim. Like Valheim yeah. <laughs> Ten hours of playtime later, you can run in this game. <laughs> Where did I write down my... I have it written down in here, but... I find it on my character sheet. It's on the first page, not with all of the percentage. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking. Just, I'm looking yeah, straight at regular, not... regular stat decks times five. Yeah. See if you can roll under that. Yeah. So if I, someone wants to uh, do multiplication for me, it's fourteen. So seventy. Yeah. There you go. Glad one of us can do it in their head. I do a lot of quick math. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. That is a seventy. Right on the money. Uh, you're in luck because you rolled a 90. So uh, the field is a little muddy from lots of people running over it. And so, you know, you get a, you line up and uh, your brother, you know, Israela's standing and watching. And uh, his, your brother's like, ready, set, go. And you just, you take off. And you you just like, you know, it's a little slippery and you slide a little bit, but you manage to keep your feet. But Darsten is is he's he's a little bit of a tryhard here and he tries to just like tear into this right away and just like slips and falls flat on his face in the mud and Ezra just like beside her you know against her better judgment starts laughing at him can i can i if i'm anywhere near him can i say Mm -hmm. you should be in the wrestling match if you're going to be rolling around in the mud sure oh god (laughs) he's just like shut up kid Uh, so and then I kind of <laughs> Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> so I 
I, as a player, know this is like ru- going to be like rubbing salt in the wound. But like as soon as he slips and falls, mm-hmm. Jaskara is going to stop and, and turn to give him a hand. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, because like, like that's just the type of person he is. And the type He's... of per- too bad the type of person Darrison is going to take that person. Yeah. God damn he it! Just looks at you and just gets up on his own and like stalks off. Darrison will remember this. Yep. We have our first uh, villain. Does anyone else want to do anything? No, he's like, he's just like, as the evening wears on. Uh, okay. No, go ahead. Since my, no, go uh, ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Go I, I was going to say, like, uh, when, when Christian was uh, telling me about uh, uh, Darston there, I was just like, oh, he's going to be like me and Jess, where <laughs> I, I am Jess's nemesis. Uh, Descara is Darston's nemesis. And it's kind of like, the, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't try to compete with you. You're just always in my way. Mm. And I'm always like, sure. <laughs> Jess, did you want to do something? Or Yeah, did you want to do something, oh, Jess? I, was, I mean, this is small. I was going to say, since my since I failed to tease Ven into uh, dancing Let's with his wife, yes, um, I'll probably just try and wrangle someone to dance. Uh, maybe like the kids. Like since this car is going off, maybe I'll take some of the kids and just dance Sure. You grab some of Descara's um, siblings, and you can grab some of Arissa's siblings as well because she's got a lot of them. Ooh, does she? All right, yeah. Yes, she does. The, the pack of yeah. Of there's children. there's four younger, four girls, all younger. You start one of those and... like uh, you know when everybody's holding hands and dancing in a circle, and one person goes. Yeah. That's very and as you're doing that, you're as you you start that that kind of dance around, and, and Kellen picks up on that, and he starts playing like a longer, a faster tune on the bagpipes, and you start like a nice dance with the kids, and Ruin, you're kind of watching this, kind of. To hang him back like you usually do, but all of a sudden, like a little hand grabs yours. I look down at the little hand and the person it, attached to it. I hope it, the little <laughs> little person is Ashart, son of Baroth, who is uh, Baroth is uh, one of the hunters who has trained you guys. He's he's uh, from Bearfall instead as well. As well, he is a uh, cultist of Odala, Odila, the bear god of hunting. He's a big. Big dude. Uh, and Baroth, Ashard is his son. Baroth lost his wife a couple years ago. Uh, so he's a single dad. All the women in the Vale are always trying to set him up with someone, but he's kind of like, wants to be on his own. Uh, but Ashard is his son, and Ashard just thinks you're the coolest, Bruin. Aww. And he's like, come on, Ru, let's dance, let's dance. <laughs> I mean, I have to now. <laughs> and so you get, you get yeah, pulled will, in. Yep. <laughs> you get pulled Aww, into the big dancing kid. circle. And you guys have a great time and it's starting to get late. So uh, the party eventually goes inside because it starts getting cold outside. Uh, And so you go in to the King's Hall. Uh, which is like a big Viking hall. There's a uh, big the fireplace real in the middle, begins. and there are shields and weapons from famous members of the clan hanging on the wall. And at the at the end of the hall, there's a high seat where Gordangar sits uh, with some of his ring. Uh, and there are other tables all along the hall where people are just sitting and eating. And you guys are sitting, um, and you're sitting um, kind of close to a table where uh, you see Robesart and some of his friends, and Robesart is the husband of Sandra, who had the bruise. And he's the father of Often, who's a kid your age. Uh, and Often's a good kid, but he has a lot of anger issues. Uh, he's always trying to fist fight people. Uh, Robesart 
if he could wear a wife beater in the bronze age and like drink a can of Bud Light and have like a broken down truck on his front lawn, Robosart's the bronze age version of that. So the, he's going to be sitting, Bush light instead of Bud Light. Correct. Uh, so they've Perfect. got some, they've got a bunch of bowls of wine in front of them. They've been, they've been drinking for a while. They're getting kind of drunk. Uh, but as you're sitting kind of next to them at the table, uh, you see a figure walk in and kind of stalk right up to him. And it's, you haven't seen her so far this evening. It's Erinina Copperax, uh, who is the clan champion. She's by far the best warrior in the clan, better even than Jorgonath Bladesong. Uh, she is an initiative Babister Gore. And oh. uh, the best way I could describe her is uh, is just to say she looks like Rhea Ripley. If you don't know who that is, Sarah, get a picture and drop it in chat. Modern goth Rhea Ripley, not older Rhea Ripley. Uh, she'll you'll know the goth one when you see her. <laughs> you'll know the goth one when you see her. You'll have no question in your. Did mind. you see <laughs> the reaction in my face? I'm sorry. Ben's mom. What? <laughs> Raya Ripley, there you go. That's there her. it is. Yeah, did you yeah. see my reaction? I saw, I saw your that. reaction. I found so it. So she's she is strong. She's got she's got a, a tunic on that's like too tight for her. Uh, her, half bu- her fucking sh- arms are just yeah. like fighting. Side shades on her head. On the head, she has uh, a death and an earth rune on her head. Mm, and around yeah. each arm is alternating death oh, yeah. and earth runes. Mm. And uh, she also has a scar, like slight scar over her over her left eye and she's wearing the tunic that's a little too tight for her. it's a black and red and she's got high wrap sandals on and she walks up right behind Robichart and the guys who are drinking kind of like stop and look at her Robichart's just like huh and she just grabs him and just like whack headbutts him and throws him to the ground and just steps on his face and so she's got high wrap sandals and sandals in those days they use bronze hobnails in the soles to give you some traction. And she's just like grinding the sandals into this guy's face. And she's like, Sandra's got a bruise, huh? She walk into a wall. She fell down, huh? You fell down now too, huh? You do this again. I don't warn you again. I just get another set of hands from the belt. You understand? And he's just like, (laughs) and she just rakes the sandal like across his face. Holy cutting fuck. him a couple times and just stands there looking at the other guys who are just like <laughs> <laughs> and she picks up the bowl of wine just drinks it sets it down walks out everybody in the hall saw this and everybody's just like <laughs> stop dead Good drop could somebody start a slow, slow clap? Slow, slow clap. And Keladin, Keladin is like, well then, Keladin Blue Eye. I, I forgot to describe him. He's a skull that I described what he was, but he um, does he have a blue eye? Yes, he has a blue eye and a gray eye. He's got long grayish, gray dark hair with gray streaks in it. Uh, he he's has got a handlebar mustache. He does not have a beard. Uh, and he's I want to talk to this guy. He, he's got some disorder disorder room. Is his most prominent tattoo. Uh, I, I picture him kind of almost like Lemmy from Motorhead a little bit. That's what I picture. Uh, but he's got a gray eye and a blue eye. And he's just like, well, well then. And uh, everybody's just kind of, the mood, the vibe has been changed uh, in the building. And Gordon Gar's like, perhaps a song to rechange change the mood again, Keladin. 
And he's like, right, right, right. So, ha, ha. And he, he takes up a harp and he goes, uh, song of lay of Hort, lay of Hort, Hort being the founder of the Hortling people. And he begins to play a very slow song in his harp. Uh, and he sings. Can I sing along? You may hum along because you know it. You've all know, heard this song a lot because yeah. this is the lay of Hort. It's one of your, your most famous songs. And he just begins to sing. Wander in the darkness in a land of ice, gazes a horizon, storm winds in his face. Tempest tossed and tired, life and death the same. Wanderer unwanted, land without a name. Now his love's a memory, she's frozen in the snow. Gave her all before the fall, for kin he'll never know. And this is a long forgotten light at the end of the world. Fighting alone, but when we win, we'll all know. We'll all know. And he just dum, 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 dum. and everybody knows that song. So it kind of thank you, Nightwish. Uh, this is fair use. Calms everyone down. Gets the party back on the right track. It's the sweet Caroline of. It's the sweet <laughs> Caroline. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Oh boy. So the night wears on. That guy got fucked so, up. Somebody better Robersart watch him. <laughs> kind of leaves. <laughs> Did he spill out. his bush light though? Did he what? Did he spill his bush light? Yeah, no, absolutely. Copper Axe drank it. <laughs> she drank it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's she drank true. his milkshake, bro. Uh, so, <laughs> it's wow. I want to be. So the her. evening wears on. Anything <laughs> else anyone wants to do to uh, enjoy the festivities or no? I'm I'm just curious about this guy with two colored eyes. But Rainy raised his hand like a polite young lad. Yes, Rainy, so what do you got? Rainy. Yeah. So, so, I mean, all I've done so far is is stand in the corner and watch mm -hmm. to make sure nothing goes wrong. But I, mm -hmm. like, my character does want to prove themselves. Like, he knows what he's good at, and he wants mm -hmm. to, like, he can't compete with the men, even though he thinks he could. He wants to prove himself. He's not going to beat the shit out of kids. Not mm -hmm. the boys, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's not going to dance with the village chieftain because that's not his style. He mm -hmm. just wants to prove himself in some way. So, like, I think I'm looking for an opportunity to, I don't, not even necessarily compete, but just like show value and or skill in a way that, like, I don't need to race for a girl's heart. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I think that that's kind of what my pacing around has sort of been for more, mm -hmm. like, you know, um, but at, if, at this point, at, at this point, I think I watched uh, Aranina. Is that it? Aranina Copperhead? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched I that and I was like, that was fucking sweet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I watched that and, and it's it's just kind of got my uh, like my, my blood pumping and I'm just like, yes, like this is the kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. don't step out of line. You know what I mean? Like, chaos gets beat to shit. Let's go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah if there's nothing like that immediately available i just want to say like my character hasn't just been standing like i think that's that beat down would probably put a damper on any more rowdy activities right. for the evening to, to be honest with you uh everybody's scared as fuck of arenina 
for really good reasons. Yeah. No. Uh, and, and, you know, to get, you know, room, Glorantz and Glorantz and lore, uh, like Babister Gore, uh, her people, that's what they do. Like, if you fuck with kids, if you fuck, if you rape a woman, they will hunt you down and kill you. They might hunt you down and kill your entire bloodline if you piss them off enough. They are not happy cuddly people. fuck around. They do not fuck around at all. Uh, no worries. Yeah. That is what, yeah. Yeah. So, I promise you, however, because we're going to do some of the initiations, uh, probably next session will be the men's or boys initiation. You'll get a lot more to do. All right. No worries. Just Yeah. So Bruce just going to leave the hall at some point early and yep. just kind of stay outside for a bit to catch his breath where it's quiet and just as like, you do, you, you kind of get the out in the cold, you get out in the cold and you're kind of watching the night and uh, the red moon is hanging high in the sky. Uh, it's not a full moon, uh, but it's, it's, it's waxing and high up in the mountain passes. You hear wolves howling. Yeah. Yep. Just going to hang out there for a while and listen. Yep. <laughs> Anyone else have anything they want to do with the night? Before we move on to Orissa's ordeal. I, I was interested to talk to this man with two different colored eyes. Teladin? Yeah. Uh, sure. He, he plays some music and then he starts drinking very heavily. <laughs> hey. Perfect time to talk to him. Yes, yes, I say, yes. I say, uh, you sing very well. And uh, you knew this because you've grown up with him. So, oh, then never yeah. mind. If this is okay. someone I've already talked to in yeah. a weird, creepy he's way, I'll refrain nice, from he's, doing he's so now. Grew up with him. Yeah. All right. He's the, she, been he's creepy been the to everyone here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can go be creepy to him again, but. No, that's okay. I think <laughs> he knows. I just wink at him, I just give him one of the. And he just he replays back. the conversation. And he winks back many times. and he just like. Raises a, a glass of meat and just downs it and like downs it so fast, like it rolls out over his mustache, like down the front of his shirt and gets it all wet and everything. He does. Keladin doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, okay. So the evening wears on, the party ends, everybody eventually goes home. And, uh, Arissa, you're still just, you're just not feeling well and it's getting worse. And um, the next morning you get up and you start going about your duties as usual at White Bark, but the blood comes. And your grandma, it's your grandma who's still alive, right? Yep. She lives with her, uh, her and her sisters live with their grandmother and their aunt. They recognize her right away. And they're like, no, no more duties for you today, dear. And they separate you from all the men and the boys. And you're given the tea to drink. And it's a very bitter tea. And it almost makes being awake feel like dreaming. And you kind of rest for the rest of the day. And they, they keep giving you just glasses of this tea here and there. And eventually, you drift off to sleep. And what we're going to do now, I just want to stop and talk as Christian, the DM here. We're doing an initiation ritual. Uh, this is the female adult rituals that women go through to become a woman in the Haraborn clan. Uh, it's a hero quest. So it's a experiencing a mythic story as the goddess. It's going to feel, if you've watched other role-playing games, kind of like, you know, railroady. Uh, I've talked to Sarah about this a lot. So she knows that. Uh, we've talked about safety stuff. So we've done that. Um, that's why 
in Glorantha, you go into Hero Quest, you live the myth. Uh, you'll be seeing a lot more of that as we go, but it's going to feel a little weirder than typical role playing stuff because there's not as much call and response uh, in it. Uh, and I also say, Bryn, you've already gone through this. So there are parts where you mark things or you roll against them. Feel free to play along and just, you know, think what Bryn would have done because there are changes to your stats that can hypothetically come from this. Okay. okay. Cool. So you fall asleep and sometime. Deep, deep in the night, you're woken up and there are women standing over you and they're wearing veils and they're wrapped in the white shawls that women are wrapped in when they die and they're taken into the riddle to be buried. And one of them reaches down, she touches you and she says, you must come with us, my dear. Uh, would I have context for this? Uh, you know that there's women go off to be initiated when they have the first period, but that's all you really know. Okay. Nobody talks about it. Yep. What happens? Okay. All right. So she's going to trust the system because she knows her grandmother would not let people in the house that were there to hurt her or the girls. Sure. So that you go with them and it is the dead of the night and it is a cold, cold spring night. Uh, but you walked up there and they don't even give you a chance to really get dressed. Just like your night shift that you're wearing. Come on, you're coming with us. And so they walk you to the riddle in a procession with torches. And when you get there, Morganeth is standing in front of the the riddle. She's wrapped also in the white shawl. And she's the, 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 um, Oh, what's the word you want to have? Uh, she has a um, cloth over her head with, with uh, fringes, again, covering her eyes. Uh, she's standing right in front of the riddle. And you see Liv there as well. Uh, and they take you right in front of her. And the other women, just, you must take this off. They undress you. So you're just standing there naked in front of Morganeth. And uh, she looks at you and she goes, we must go inside. Context here. The only people who go inside the riddle are the women they bury. The riddle is ancient. The riddle is magic. It dates back to the Green Age, which is the age when the gods first walked on the earth and populated it with people and plants and things like that. They used the runes to do that. No fire burns in the riddle. No light will shine in the riddle. And she sees the expression you have on your face right now, the fear. And she goes, no, darling, we must go in here. And she touches your head. We must go in here. She touches your throat. We must go in here. She touches your chest. And she just touches down your chakras, basically. We must go into the source of your power. And with that, she just turns around, walks right into the darkness of the riddle, fearless. And Liv says, come, we must get you ready. And you're washed with scented water. And you're given a little bit of more of, of not a, a different tea. It tastes a little spicier, but it warms you, warms your limbs a little bit because it is cold. And they put another crown of flowers around your head. And another woman lights some herbs. And you're sensed with sacred smoke. And then Liv just goes, it's time. She pushes you in. You walk in? Yep, yeah, she goes without another word. Okay. So you walk into the in there and it is it's pitch black. 
and you're walking down this hallway and you stumble a couple times and you're you're scraping your arms and legs against you know the walls and uh every once in a while you hear these like strange whispers or echoes but they always sound like they're far far away uh and once something very cold and wispy just brushes against your skin do you have a fear passion by any chance as a character he does what is your fear Melia and the disease that she brings. Roll against your fear of passion. So want to roll over it. Want to roll over it. Okay. Mm-hmm. To beat it. Okay, and let me double check because I think this was one of the ones I upped. To yeah, so it's at seventy. This okay. is a deathly fear for her. I rolled a 62, so if I had not upped it, I would have been fine. But I said, no, this is the character! Okay. So, you are wandering down this hallway, and you're alone in the dark with your thoughts. And you feel as you're walking, you can kind of tell that it's curving to the left, or uh, to the right, actually, I'm sorry. You're you're curving down, you feel. Uh, But your thoughts get the better of you. And all you can think of is your parents and you're losing them. You watch them die when they came back. You watch them waste away to nothing and die. And now that sickness is in you too. And one day it's going to take you over and you're going to waste away and die too. And you panic. You panic. You start hyperventilating in the dark, but you don't know which way you came. You don't know which way you go. You think you know the way forward and that's the only way you can take. And you see Ahead of you, just the tiniest blink of green emerald light. And so you follow it. You run towards it and you trip a couple times and you fall. But you get there eventually and you find Morganeth standing. There's a round, another square arch and she's standing just in front of it. And you just run almost into her arms because you're so panicked. And she catches you. She catches you. And she puts her hand on your face and she just holds you for a minute. And she goes, come. Come, my dear. It's okay. The fear gets to all of us when we're alone in the dark. But we must go on. Five souls are going to awaken in you. Five senses, five elements, five seasons to the year. Without these gifts, the soul, without the gifts these souls bestow you, you will never be a true woman. So you must go forth. The souls are going to come to you in the form of young gods, or lovers, partners, sons, brothers. You may conquer each by knowing what he needs. It is in knowing that your power lies. Remember your tales. You will walk in the footsteps of the goddess. Do as she does, and you will come across safely. And she just kind of just gestures to the door behind her. What do you do? She she doesn't say anything because she doesn't really know what to say and really hasn't said anything through this whole thing. Um, not that she's a talkative person in the first place. She, she just kind of looks at Morgana for a second and then just goes. You walk in to the darkness, and there's still emerald light. It's illuminating it deep down 
this this perfectly smooth hallway spirals down into the right, and there's an emerald light down there. So you walk down there, and even though the tea warmed you, you're still naked with flowers on your head. And you, but it feels warmer as you're walking down here than the cold you were walking through. And eventually, you feel grass beneath your feet. And a sweet, warm wind picks up, and you hear the buzzing of songs, uh, songs of birds, and the buzzing of insects. And you open, walk into this, this cavern. It's so massive, you're not even sure it's a cavern because you see in it white bark steed. You see your steed, and you walk towards it, and you see someone by the river. And she looks up. What did your mother look like? She, my my youngest sister is actually the spitting image of her. She had um, long, beautiful black hair that she had in these two, like, perfectly even thick braids. Um, medium kind of tanned skin. She was always out in the sun, always doing something, going somewhere. Um, average height around uh, Arisa's height. Um, on the the hardier end, her body wise, she was, you know, she's she's lived a good life until, and this is what she looked like when she came back uh, before disease took her. So you see her, your mom, pale and healthy, and just as you remember her, happy, and she looks up and she sees you. And she goes, Orissa, Orissa, you've come. And she jumps up and she just runs to you with open arms. She just runs straight for her. You just embrace in, in your steed. And she said, come, come, come. And she drags you by the hand to the steed. And there are women there. And you don't know them, their names, but you know they're your grandmothers and your great-grandmothers and your aunts and your great-great-grandmothers and an entire line of the women of your family stretching all the way back to the beginning of time. And here they are in this steed. And they were all just so happy to see you. And you, they take you and they're like, come, we have honey cakes, we have tea, come. And you sit and you drink honey cakes, you drink tea, you eat honey cakes and you laugh and you sing, and you dance, and you're reunited with the women that have come before you. And it's so happy and so comforting and so warm there that you could stay there forever. But suddenly you're, you're looking around and you come to a realization, where are the men? And as soon as you realize that, there's a stream of water that just runs off your, over your feet. It's a little warm stream of water, and it flows over your feet and down and away from the steed, and you know you have to follow it. So she um, she kind of looks at the water for a minute and then looks back at her mom, and she, she, she grabs her hands in hers. She just kind of looks at her in the eye and just... I gotta go, Mama, but I'll be back, okay? There are tears in your mother's eyes, and she looks at you, and she goes, I know, you'll be back, but you have a long way to go before then. Travel well, my daughter. And she just kisses your hands. 
she she squeezed her mom's hands and turns. you follow the stream turns. yeah you follow it down down past hill and dale forests and hollows all the way down until it reaches the shore of this massive sea and you're looking out across the sea and in the middle of that sea is a mountain and it is the biggest mountain you have ever imagined you've seen Kerofin glore and in in dragon pass is a mountain called Kerofin. it's a sacred mountain it's 13 kilometers high that's higher than mount everest it's literally just like just a big cone like that like a kid drew a mountain this mountain's bigger than that stretches all the way up to the dome of the sky huge mountain and you know standing there at the edge of the land where the ocean meets the sea by this stream you have to get to that mountain and just as you think that thought, a wave crests up out of the water. It looks like it's going to hit you. Just as it stands there, it washes away before it can hit you. And standing there in the water, sea green skin, hair, braided, braided beard, deep, deep green, eyes blue, the color of very deep blue water, is a really beautiful man. And he's just looking at you and you're looking back at him and you realize you're both really naked and he is very good looking. And he looks at you and he says, where are you going, a woman of earth? For you have reached the edge of your domain in the beginning of mine. I go to the mountain. He looks at the mountain and he looks back at you. And he goes, I could bear you across the waves, woman of earth. I could carry you for eternity and never tire. Yet, what would I receive from my labors? What is it you search for? You I desire, O beautiful woman of earth. Lie with me, and the tides of your blood will forever carry the secrets of life and death. And she, she, like, she's making the same facial expression I am. She's just like. So I'll give you context, uh, cause Orissa would know this. Uh, this isn't actually an Arnada story. This is Gata, who is an older goddess in Arnada. Uh, Gata, this is Zaramaka, who is the lord of primal, the primal ocean. And Gata laid with Zaramaka, which is why the earth rides upon the water forever. But you can find another way across if you want. This is still Arissa's story. I feel weird. Uh, she's going to swim. Okay. She swims the whole way with you and she's like, you know, I could have just helped him. But you swim. And it is a long swim. Yeah, he's he's mansplaining how to swim the whole way, and uh, but you get there eventually. She has five. She has four little sisters. She knows how to tune people out. You're a goddess, so you can swim. You swim there, and uh, you get to the shore, and he says goodbye to you. He basically goes, you know, if you ever feel like swimming again, let me know. But you're like, whatever, loser. 
uh, and you're at the base of the mountain. Uh, check your water rune. Just make a check next to it. You're going to be able to roll to uh, to increase that if you want. Your That's sexual hilarious. soul. I have nothing in has, my water rune. Your sexual soul has awakened. <laughs> my most ace character I've ever played. Yep. Let's go, boys. It's cool. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So you're at the base of the mountain. Uh, and it's even bigger when you're like straight up against it. So you look up and you see there's a path winding up. Uh, and you start taking it? Yep. Nowhere else to go. So you start climbing. And as you climb up, you're just looking up at this mountain. You're like, it is huge. You see griffins like flying overhead way, way high up. And uh, everything in the air becomes hot and dry. And there's almost like a radiance in the air. Uh, and it does something. The light in the air does something to your vision where you see, you feel like you can see farther and you can see clearer, almost like an eagle. And you climb up and eventually you, you come to like a flat plateau. And on that plateau, in the distance, you see a young man. He's got like greenish skin, uh, like 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 the this like like spring, like a shoot, the first shoots of spring, first grass shoots of spring, and he's got flowers in his hair, and he's got wild hair that kind of sticks in all directions, and he's got a satchel on, and he's kind of walking back and forth, and he's taking things out of the satchel and throwing seeds on the ground, and he sees you from far away, and he's like, ah, oh, hello, and he kind of runs over to you, and he goes, hello, hello, I'm Flamel, who are you? I'm Arisa. What are you doing? Oh, I, I cast my seeds to and fro, but nothing will grow. The, the ground will not yield anything. I have... I don't know what to do. I have no way of irrigating it, and I have... No, I have no animals to sacrifice. And when he says that, you think of what Zaramaka said to you. The tides of your blood will carry the secrets of life. And it occurs to you that your blood could irrigate this ground. If you wish. She kind of shifts uncomfortably for a second and kind of looks at her arms. And in the way they look, do they look like how she would look if she were healthy or do they look like her no your arms? arms are actually very brown and healthy looking so she kind of uh looks up to him and just says do you have a knife i can aid you sorry one second she goes oh yeah yes and he hands you a knife so she will um walk over to where some of the crops are mm -hmm. and just make an incision you bleed and as soon as your blood hits the soil the earth becomes dark and rich and fertile and he's just like <sighs> Blessed life giver, I, I promise forever the secret of the seed will be you. I entrust all my seeds to you that I may grow. And the plants just bloom on this plateau. And he's like, are you going to the top? I am, yes. I will walk you there. 
and he walks you up the mountain. And as you walk, the mountain becomes lush with trees and flowers and ferns. And looking out, you can see down off the mountain, even far away, because you've got this enhanced vision, you can see the world, and the world is just growing greener as you walk. Check your fire room. Your sacrificial soul has awakened. This is the other one I have zero in. <laughs> this is the uh, the women tithe their blood to the earth 12 times a year. That is a tithe to Arnada because Arnada bled so the earth would be fertile. So you climb up, up, up to the top of this mountain. And the world seems very, very small beneath you. Even with your enhanced vision, it's harder to see. And eventually you come to the top. And there sits the golden palace of the great Emperor Yelm, who is the emperor of the whole world, and who is the sun. And it shines so bright, it hurts to look at that palace. And you can almost reach up and touch the dome of the sky. And from the sky dome hang beautiful azure and golden stars. But guards in bright golden armor open the gates. And Flamel bids you farewell and you're ushered in. And in years to come, you can never fully remember everything you saw as you walk through the golden halls. But there are polished marble floors and jeweled frescoes and white horses with golden hooves and proud, magnificent griffins just stalking through the hallways. And there are gardens where you hear songbirds that you've never heard before in your life and you will never hear again. And you're eventually taken to the throne room. And the throne of the emperor is all gold and amber and topaz. And the emperor, his hair is gold. His beard is gold. His eyes are blue, but they're also fire. And his face shines so bright, it's hard to look at it. And on the throne next to him, basking in his light, is his empress, Dendara. And her hair is golden flax. And again, her skin is just unmarred by any beauty, unmarred by worry. And he gestures you to come forward. And standing before them, you feel very, very small. But he looks at you. And he smiles. And he says, such beauty to grace my walls. I assume you can cook, weave, know the ways of taking care of children. Such things are beneath my empress, he says. And he looks. she looks at her. Him, they look at each other. She just kind of gives him a little smile. That's all she ever does. She never actually talks. Dendara is a cosmic trophy wife. Go to my loom house. Be the mistress of it. All will know that you have my favor. And so you go to the loom house. And you meet some other women. They become your handmaidens. And you begin weaving clothes. Do you have a weaving skill by any chance, like craft weaving? If not, you probably have customs shortly. You have one of those. Um, let me check. Um, I have customs local. So that's customs shortly. Okay. Roll, roll against that. Uh, that's a success. My skill is 30. I rolled a 10. Check it. 
Okay. Normally you uh, check it. You're going to be able to increase it later. Uh, and so you do, you, you, you get your, you and your handmaidens become a well-oiled lumen machine and you, there's a magnificent loom in this loom house and you become a master at working it and weaving and some time passes and rumors start to spread through the court that a brash young God is coming to see the emperor. And one day there's a crowd gathering in the main hall. And you're a little late because you're working, you're working on the loom. Uh, so you're going to get swept up. And you hear people, can you believe he actually has the audacity to come and see the emperor, the emperor of everything? He's nothing. He's in no account, just like his father. And you get there. And when you get there, you're right by the door. And the emperor is sitting on his throne. Dendara's on her throne. And you're right by the door. And the doors just blow open like a wind blew them open. Is there a woman, is there anyone that Arissa has a crush on in the veil. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Oh, no. If you don't have an answer, that's fine. I'm just curious. Uh, uh, no, probably not right now. Fine. Uh, you behold a young Orlanth. Blue skin, red skirt, runes already tattooed on him, mastery, movement, air. Red hair that's just wild. Like, Fedor's hair looks like shit compared to this guy's hair. All right. The wind, like, loves this guy's hair. Uh, he still has a young man's beard. I mean, he's still a little lean like a young man, a man first coming into his manhood. But he just blows in all bluster and arrogance. And as he walks past you, your eyes lock just for a moment. But there's an eternity in that moment as he just looks at you going by. But he doesn't say anything to you. He just walks right up to the emperor. Like you've never seen anyone walk up to him before, fearless, stands right before him. And he says, I've come to demand my place in this world as you are equal. And the court just laughs. And the emperor turns his face, doesn't even look at him, which is a grave insult, and just says, be gone. And Yelm says that. And you see the muscles tighten in Orlando's back like thunder. Distant thunderstorms and flashes of lightning just tense and his hair almost stands on edge. And he says, no one can make me do anything. You will see me as an equal. I challenge you to the three tests. Everybody in the court, just a ripple through the court. And the emperor just smiles. But everybody knows that sacred law, he cannot deny the three tests. So the court, the floor is cleared, and 294 judges are assembled. And they all await the first contest, which is a contest of dance. And the emperor goes first, because that's always his right. And he steps down from his throne, and everything goes silent for a moment. And he takes a pose, and he dances. And it's a celestial dance. It's a dance of order. It's predictable. It's graceful. And it's delicate, like a ballet. And everybody's, ooh, ah, well played, the court. And he sits down. Dendara smiles at him, and he sits on his throne. And everybody goes quiet, because it's Erlant's turn, Orlant. And he takes a deep breath. And he does a war dance. His dances of thunder and movement and passion and is wild. He runs and he leaps 
across this place and he's just vigorous and everyone's like, Oh, ah, and he finishes his dance and the judges vote for yell. He wins. And you hear the crowd too jerky, too wild. What sort of dance is that? We want grace. We want this passion. And Orlando just storms out. And as he passes, the breeze just ruffles your hair of his passing. And the doors close behind him. And the emperor just smiles. And you go back to the loom house. And there's a great feast to prepare for. Do you have a cooking skill by any chance? Oh, what would that even be under? Yeah, I don't think we have like a... I think that's like a specific, like weaving and cooking. They're probably like specific craft things. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything like that. I don't know what that would be. Yeah, I don't think we do under. We also still don't have a lot of our skills, right? That's like our yeah future adult skills. It's we... okay. Prepare corpse can substitute for cooking. That's true. <laughs> I think we. I think we got like a craft. I don't know if we we can specify like what that craft is. But I don't even yeah. have a, a craft. Oh, you don't have a craft. Okay. Or or if I do, I don't have anything noted. Okay, so run again, custom shortly. It's fine. Custom you can roll local. it again. Okay. Yep. I can do that. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh no. Okay. You cook. Uh, it's okay. Uh, but you prepare a feast. And some time passes again. This is a time before time, so it's hard to tell how long things are. But eventually, a buzz gathers in the court again. And the up starts coming back. It's time for the second contest. Are you excited this time? I think she's nervous. Okay. So you're nervous. Nervous for who? Yes. <laughs> like like there's 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 this overwhelming tension in the air. And even though she's been um with the, the women in the loom house, she's still very aware that she's somewhere else. And she doesn't know what's going to happen. Okay. So you get there, and again, you're right by the doors uh again. And the court, the, the court is pre-cleared this time, the floor. The 294 judges are already there. Uh, Dendara's on her throne, just looking meek and compliant and nice. Yelm is next to her, just shining like the sun he is. And the doors again, just blow in. And Orlanth blows in with them. And this time he's a man. He's got a beard, a uh, full beard now, with some silver ornaments in it. And uh, he's cocky and he just walks in doesn't necessarily look at you this time but he walks right in right in front of the emperor and he's like I've come for the second test as promised and Yelm says very well win lord and he gets down because it's his turn to go first as usual it's always the emperor's right to go first and this is a contest of magic and so Yelm deep breath and he begins his magic and celestial bodies just appear, and they move around. The, and there's a pattern to them. And there's almost music that goes with it, because his magic is the magic of existence. It's the magic of being. It's the magic that makes stars shine in the heavens. It's the magic that gives the earth form below. And again, it's predictable. It's ordered. 
It's on time. It always does what it's supposed to do. And the court again. Oh, ah, massively done, sire. And he finishes. And he goes back and he sits on his throne and then Dara gives him a nice smile and he smiles back. And everybody gets quiet because it's Orlanth's turn. And Orlanth begins his magic, blows through like a wind and a storm because his magic is the magic of change. It is the magic of growth. It is the magic of new ways and new wonders. And the court hates it. But it flashes through the place. And they, again, the judges rule for yell. And you hear them. But coming is too much of a new thing. Being is eternal. And he just smiles. Yelm just smiles at Orlanth, this smug, smug smile. And Orlanth turns and he walks off. And you can see in his eyes just lightning and fire. It's fierce in his eyes. But he does see you as you walk out. And if you wish, you have a moment if you want to say something to him. She uh, still, you know, very just like awkward and demure, um, but feels a little more confidence being in, you know, her more healthy self. Um, and just very quietly says, I thought it was beautiful. He smiles at you and he nods and he rushes past. And again, that wind seems to follow and blows your hair as it goes past and the door close behind him. Time goes on again, and you go back to the loom house. There's been some fighting, and some of the emperor's soldiers are wounded, and you have to take care of them. I know you have a first aid skill. Yeah. Roll against that. Uh, it's, okay, so 45. Right. I rolled a 45. What does this mean? You succeed. Check. Okay. Check. <laughs> And uh, all I care you, about. you find a nice. group here. You can find I, a group check here. Check off the thing. Check your skill because you're going to have a chance to increase it later. Yes. Okay. So you find a groove here, and you do a great, great job uh, healing these people. It's almost as if your hands are made for it. Uh, and and they they love the comfort you give them, and you find real peace in providing that comfort and helping them get better. And time passes again, and again the buzz comes uh, that he's coming back, and this is a third and final contest. How do you feel about that this time? Just a little uncertain okay. of where her own feelings lie, I guess. Sure. So again, everybody settles into the court. Again, the 294 judges are there. And again, you're by the door. And you're there to see Orlando. Man knows how to make an entrance. Just <laughs> blows right in. And everybody kind of jeers him when he walks in. He doesn't give a shit. He just looks at them, stares them down. Uh, and he walks right up to the emperor and he stands behind him. And this is a contest of harmony in music. And so the emperor has a celestial harp and he gets down off his throne and he takes the harp and he begins to play it. And it's this beautiful celestial court music, but it's kind of dull. And everybody's like, Oh, 
oh, the classics. Oh, I remember that one from so long ago. And he completes his song. Servants take the harp away. Then Dara gives her her smile, and he sits down next to her again. And Orlanth gets out bagpipes. And when he gets out bagpipes, he makes eye contact with you, <laughs> and he winks. And he's got this mischievous little smile on his face. And all of a sudden, he makes this stupid face, and he starts blowing into the bagpipes. And it's the same basic melody that Yelm was playing, but he's making it ridiculous. And everybody in the court just laughs. Everybody starts laughing. And Yelm is just like... Most of the people are laughing at Yelm, at, at Orlanth. Some of them are laughing at Yelm with Orlanth. Because you realize he did this on purpose. And beside yourself, you find yourself laughing at Yelm. And of course, the judges rule against Orlanth. They rule for Yelm. How could you even call that music? It was ridiculous, jumping and blowing about. But Orlanth seems okay with that. On his way to leave, he walks right up to you, actually. And he says to you, the laughter is the most beautiful music here. Share it with me and I would take you wherever you want to go. Do you have anything to say back to that? She smiles and she holds out her hand and says... You say, unbidden. This just pops out of you. You seem like you were about to go with him. But unbidden, this pops out of you. You're like, I didn't say that. You say to him, there are tests you must pass to win me. You must challenge the emperor of the world first, Windlord. And he looks at you and he nods. And everybody's still kind of laughing and jeering at him because everything of his stupid performance. But he just goes, enough! And his voice just echoes like thunder through this whole court. And everybody just shuts the fuck up. And he just walks right up to Yelm. Who's looking down at him very smugly. And this is one final contest, Emperor. One final one. The Emperor just... The law is three contests, Windlord. Not four. What makes you special that you deserve another one? And all answers, I will bring something new to the contest. Something the world has never seen before. Something the that will change the world. And Yelm says, <laughs> very well. One final contest. And the court just, oh my God, oh, this has never been done before. It'll be a contest of weapons. And Yelm says, I will see you with the new thing. Orland says that, I'm sorry. And Yelm says, I look forward to it. And he turns and he walks out but before he walks out, he looks at you and he says, next time. And he blows through the door and the doors just blow shut. And you go back to the loom house. How are you feeling? A little confused because the words came out of her mouth that were not hers. Remember, you're living someone else's life. Yeah. But this, this is the is first time it's happened. Yes. And yep. so she's like, oh, how in control am I? Correct. So time passes again in the loom house, but you just find there's no role to be made here. You can't concentrate. 
because all you're thinking of is the upcoming contest. And again, the buzz comes through that he's coming back. He's got this new thing, whatever it is. And the judges are there. The hall is cleared. Dendara's on her throne. Yelm is there looking like a smug motherfucker. And the doors just blow open. And Orlanth walks in. And people were getting ready to laugh and jeer at him. They're not laughing when they see him. He just is all business. He walks in and he seems very, very confident. But so does Yelm. And he just stands before the emperor and he goes, you first. And so Yelm gets down off his throne and he takes a golden bow. And he shoots four perfect arrows of light. One to the north, one to the south, one to the east, one to the west. And they fly all the way to the edge of creation. And he just puts the bow down and he walks and he stands right before Arlath, looking smug as anything. And he says to him, as far as my arrows fly, there lies my dominion over the world. Tell me, little rebel god, what is that there is new and not under Yelm's rule? And Orlant smiles when he says that. And you're watching this, and it's not a pleasant smile. It's, it's a cruel smile. And there's darkness in his eyes. And he says, only this. And he draws a weapon out. And it drinks in the light of the golden throne. Because it is blackness. It is fear. It is sorrow. It is death. And it flashes out. And Orissa, in the years after this, as you live, there are many, many things you forget about this experience. But one thing you never, ever forget is the look on Yelm's face as his severed head falls to the ground. And the court gasps. And when his head hits the marble, the white marble cracks and Yelm's soul flees screaming to the west and to hell. Everything just goes chaos. And the next thing you remember, you're in the loom house and you're packing. And one of your handmaids is like, everything's packed as, as you ordered, ma'am. But we can't, the loom, it is too big. We cannot fit it. And the doors blow open. And Orlanth comes in. He's still carrying the sword death. And he's got soldiers with him now because some people took his side. There's been fighting. There's been fighting. Some people are fighting against him. Some people have taken his side. He's just covered in wounds. And he goes, oh, is everything prepared, my love? We must fly. Uh, yes, um, we, the loom, it, ah, he reaches out and with magic, it shrinks and he just takes it in the palm of his hand and puts it in yours. Let us fly. And he flies you off. You leave the golden mountain. You're flying in his arms. And again, unbidden pops out of your mouth. You say to him. Where will you take me, Wind Lord? And he looks you in your eyes and he smiles and he says, I will take you to your mother's house. I would hear you laugh there. And so he flies you to the house of your mother. Then you bind his wounds and he combs your hair. And indeed, he makes you laugh and your courtship begins. And now, Memories kind of flood through your head, Arissa, and they feel like they're yours, but they're not yours. It's like you're remembering someone else's life. 
the world is just covered by storm and darkness. The gods of shadow have fled Yelm's light in the underworld, and now they're stalking the surface. Winter marches down from the north, and you see yourself with Orlanth, and you're his lover, his wife, his queen, mother of his children. But increasingly, you're the queen of an empty hall, because he is off fighting in wars, the war of the gods. The winter goes colder, shadows deepen, everything and everyone is dying and following Yelm into the underworld. Children are weeping of hunger, cold, flammels missing, nothing will grow, your own powers are fading, and you're sitting and the high seat on Orlance Hall, and the worst thing is, an enemy is coming. His name is Nontreya, and you spurned his love once, and he is leading an army because he has sworn revenge. Orlanth and his Thunder Brothers are off fighting. You are all alone, sitting in the high seat of his hall, and fires are burning low, and the shadows lengthen. And from one of those shadows, a voice comes. It's the voice of a friend and a confidant. And in Orlan's opposite, sometimes it's an occasional lover. It is Argon Agar, lord of the surface darkness. Black as night, smooth as silk, he just flows out of the shadow to your side and he says, My beautiful queen, what troubles you? The enemy approaches and we are unable to defend. My mother taught me, you never face an enemy head on. Never look for solutions in the light. If the enemy is too great for your strength, draw him into darkness. Make an ally of shadow. Make deception your cloak. He takes your hand and he kisses it, and he just flows back into the shadow. Later on that night, you're in your bedchambers with your chambermaids, and you're discussing it. And one of them says, my queen, what if Montreya thought you were dead? We could take you to your house of your aunt, Tychora Tech. Even Montreya would never answer, enter her hall. Tychora Tech's the mistress of the dead. That is, that is perfect. You are a genius, my darling. We will arrange it. So a funeral is arranged. You are wrapped in white sheets. You are veiled. You are put on a bier. You are carried out of Orlance Hall on the road to the house of your dread aunt. And on the road, an army approaches. And you hear your handmaiden, I still, I still, he comes on mistress. What is this? I'm afraid you're too late, my lord, she is dead. I must see for myself. And you hear stalking. You can't see because you're veiled. But you hear something stalk right up to you. Do you have the act skill by any chance? Making me look at shit? Uh, <laughs> oh, what would that even be under? What um, was that act? Prepare corpse. Oh, substitute. Under, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a 10. You can do act, or you can also, if you wish, roll charisma times three. You choose. One of those sounds a lot better oh. than the other. As long as your charisma is a four or greater, do yeah, that like one. Yeah, my, my charisma is 14. <laughs> All right, roll charisma times three. See if you can roll underneath it. Oh, uh, someone do me bad. 14 times three, uh, 34, 46. 46? 42. Rainy. 42, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I rolled a 29. Very good, very good. Okay, so you uh, 
he stalks right up to you and he looks down and he's like, truly she's dead. Rest well, my queen. And you, and you feel just a touch on her forehead. And, and eventually we hear the horses and the marching feet of the army marching away. And you're carried on. And you want to breathe a sigh of relief, but you find you can't. But before that, mark your darkness room. Ooh, okay. I right? actually have that. Yep. You want to breathe a sigh of relief, but you find you can't. And your limbs feel deathly, deathly cold. And your heart is not beating in your chest. You try to move, you try to scream, but you, you can't. And the procession carries you onward into the mouth of the riddle, into a square black gate in the side of a mountain. And all of a sudden, you've been having these other memories, but all of Arissa's memories come back to you now. You are Arissa the Pale. You are from White Bark. And you went in here, and they sent you in here, and now you are dead. And they carry you down into the cold and the black. And you want to scream, but you cannot. And they lay you on a stone bier. And corpse light flickers around you. And you see Morganeth, you think. Draw back your veil. But is it Morganeth? Because her white eyes aren't even there. There's nothing in her eyes but black veil fire. And her skin is drawn and tight and gray. And you can see where some of her cheek is rotted through. And you can see her teeth. And she leans over you. And she whispers in your hand. Touches your face with a cold, cold hand. And she whispers at you. Everyone fails. Everyone dies. This is how initiation must end. This is how everything ends. And she puts the veil back and she walks away. You hear her footsteps in the darkness. And you were there alone. And you do not know how long you lay in that darkness. All you know is that your fear and your anger give way to acceptance. And you know you release your life, you release your hopes, and you release your breath. Until he comes back and pulls away your veil, and there's his face again, Orlith. And he kisses you, and he breathes life back into you. And you can feel your limbs again, and you can move again. But just as quickly as he's there, he's gone. But you can move again. What do you do? She tries to find a way out so you stand and your legs are a little numb so you're kind of unsteady on your feet a little bit but you start walking and you look around and you're in a round oval room and there are stone beers all around you and there are recesses in the walls and laid on all of them are wrapped bodies of women the dead have been brought in here but you see a light down a hallway You start following So you follow the light. And as you walk, your feet are unsteady for a bit, but the numbness leaves them, leaves it. And you can walk again. And you gain strength as you go. And you enter into this huge chamber, huge. Uh, and it's illuminated by a soft light. And the light that's illuminating is Yelm, or at least a small version of Yelm, the sun, hanging in the room. And next to it is Orlan's ring, an orange green star surrounded by seven orange stars. And the floors are smooth black, and the walls are smooth black, and there are gemstones set in them that could be stars. And in the center of that room 
as a tremendous loom. And sitting at the loom, bare-breasted, green-skinned, wearing nothing but a white skirt, long, flowing auburn hair, jewels, anklets on wrists, jewels on her wrists, bracelets on her wrists, anklets, um, flowing auburn hair, snake tattoos around each arm that end with the head of a snake at the end of it, weaving in the loom is Arnalda. Silk is coming from somewhere, and her handmaidens are gathering it, and they're giving it to her, and she's weaving in the loom. And she looks at you. She smiles. She goes, you know, we could use another pair of hands. Where do you need me? Come. Gather the silk. We're giving birth to time, daughter. Come claim your birthright. And, and she'll do what she's told? So as you walk up, and as you walk, you get closer, and you see what's behind her. And you stop. And there's a tremendous spider. Huge. Blocks out the whole side of the room, and silk is flowing from its spinnerets, and that's what the handmaidens are grabbing and bringing to her. But they don't seem afraid. Do you help? If, if they're not scared, then neither is Arisa. She will go. Okay. So you approach, and you begin to gather the silk and feed it to the loom. And as you do, you start to feel weaker. And you look down, and in your arms where they are beautiful and brown, they look pale again, thin. You see some spots on the back of your hands. You're weakening, wasting away, like your mother did. And the silk, it's easy at first, a couple trips, but it starts to stick to you and wrap around you. Handmaidens and Ronaldo don't seem to care. And now just talks. This is the fifth and final soul, daughter. The soul of life is the greatest of your powers. The silk now is wrapping around your legs. You're too weak to get away from it. You fall. Nobody cares. Starting to cocoon you. You're trying to crawl away from it, but you can't. From the spider's silk and five ages of the gods, we wove the pattern that now binds the cosmos. It took five ages to birth the first sunrise, five ages to birth the first spring. It now takes five seasons to birth a child. And the life of a mortal files five great ages from birth to death. Just as mortal kind inherited the cosmos from the gods, each generation inherits the world from the last. You create the future. Silk's wrapping now. It's almost to your face. Your, your arms are pinned. You can't get out. You came here to die. But your immortality lies in your power to weave the threads of life. You are the loom in which eternity is born. Silk's wrapping. It's getting in your mouth. You cannot scream. It wraps around your head. Last thing you hear before everything goes back. Or now the, you are a woman. Mark your air room. Damn! Everything goes black. You don't know how long again. You lay in the blackness, but all of a sudden, you're conscious again. You're laying naked on a cold stone floor. What do you do? Can she move? Mm-hmm. There's no spider silk on her? Nope. Can she stand up? 
Shakily, you stand up and you allow your senses to adjust to the room and you're aware of something laying next to you. She looks and tries to figure out what it is. It's a body wrapped in a silk cocoon. He says so uh, casually. Yeah. She um, places her hand on it to try and feel a pulse. Uh, you have to tear away some of the silk. Okay. But you do. Uh, and it's your hand. And you see that, and you panic, and you tear away the head, and it's your face. From behind you, you feel whole wind blow on you from behind, and you hear a voice behind you. That is the girl that was. She died, so you may become the women you are to be. When she turns to look at the voice, her stance looks like she is defending the body. Like, ready to fight to protect it. And as you turn to protect it, you see it starts to melt, almost like snow on a sunny spring day. It just melts away to nothing. And when you turn, you see a tall, proud woman wearing a furred cloak, and there's snow on her shoulders, and she's got very long brown hair that's braided, and there's snowflakes in her hair and on her eyelashes, just like she got caught out in the snowstorm with big, big snowflakes. And she's standing in front of you, and she smiles when she sees you. She walks right up to you, and she says, I am Ivarne, daughter of Gerastini, mother of Golanth, mother of Desaventus, wife of Hjort. I'm your mother, mother of all Hjortling women. I welcome you to your people. She kind of just reaches her hand out to you. She looks back at where the the puddle is uh, and then turns back and takes her hand. She says, like you, I slept a sleep like death. I had given all I had, not to create life like you, but to keep hunger and hurt and loss from extinguishing it. This is the burden of power. I give life. We're responsible for it. Walk with me. And you walk with her. And as you walk, you sense that you're going, this time, to the left. You're walking back up. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask her? I don't know. Um, okay, that's fine. She um, she just kind of walks in, in silence for a while um, and then just really quietly asks what does this mean? You You turn to ask that and you realize you're almost to the entrance. And when you turn, it's not the woman who is walking with you. It was Morgan. It's Morganath now. And she says to you, what it means is this. From darkness and death, walk the dawn and the first spring. Now, you walk forth as the woman you are to be. And she just gestures. 
and you see the mouth of the riddle in front of you. She just turns and, and slowly walks out. Liv and the other women are out there and they embrace you. Yeah, can I be and you are taken. And you will be given your first tattoos. And you'll begin instructions. Because you're a woman now. And you get these rewards. Uh, plus 1d6 to reputation. Oh, geez, hold on. Where even is that? Yeah, where where would that go? Is that a skill? Reputation. Uh, reputation is not a skill. It is, yeah, it's on it's the, on first, the page. first page. Yeah. Right in the top middle underneath your occupation. The very first oh, okay. Page? Oh, okay. That was an oh. awesome job, by the way, Christian. Just Thank to you, interject. Man. I mean, chat yeah. was blowing up. Was yeah, I purposely did not. Really, anything, really well done, dude. Thank you. Really thank fucking you. well done. Thank you. Can't wait for can't wait for mine. I was also blowing up chat in my own way, and I think I did a really good job of that too. Thank you. Thank you all. Yeah. Okay. So uh so yeah, plus one D six reputation, if you got that. Uh, you get uh, ba -ba -ba, plus one to power or charisma, your choice. We all know where that's going with me. Straight to power, baby. That's actually the better choice, probably for you. Uh, and then yeah. plus five to three skills that were tested, three skills or wounds that were tested in the riddle, your choice. And this is not counting the like. Not counting the ones you get to roll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fucking triple down on cooking, bro. <laughs> I will make the frozen bat a meal so fine. Fleme, <laughs> <laughs> <Lemme>, anyone? <laughs> Prepare corpse. Prepare soul. Sartar, tartar, anyone? <laughs> You were describing the body wrapped in silk, and I was like, Prepare corpse. Prepare corpse. Put some Cholula on that burrito. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, you're a woman. You're a woman now. He's like, why don't I feel great about it? And they're like, that's <laughs> they're how you know you did it. They're like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all I did was give and give. What? What's going on? Welcome. Like, Welcome word. to this exclusive <laughs> Sisterhood. Yeah, welcome to the club, sucker. <laughs> uh, I I will absolutely say that as soon as she gets a moment uh, to just uh, breathe, she will kind of try and she will try and slip away and find somewhere quiet and just vomit. Sure. Fair. Yes. Yeah. As she has basically had a death panic attack. There. And then she'll go back to the other women and act totally natural. <laughs> You're already nailing it. You are. You're already fucking nailing she's, it. Womanhood right womanhood. there. Yep, Vomit quietly where no one can see. And then go back and smile. <laughs> yep. Well yes. done. Oh, God. Uh, so sad. Chad uh, just had a perfectly reasonable reaction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think Liv probably knows what happened, but she's cool with it, and she just kind of gives you a wink and a hug. Yeah, that's fair. 
And that's that, guys. So we'll stop there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, that other was characters. amazing. Sorry you didn't get as much chance, but the uh, women go in alone. Uh, next week, the guys get to go. They get to go as a group because y'all aren't as important. So this is going to be an absolute clown car on fire. That's oh, going to be the men's initiation. We're going to be like oh, stepping on each other's faces, like falling down, just like absolute disasters. I cannot wait to relax in two weeks. Just yeah. be a chat. I, I just say like everybody thank Sarah for being such a trooper. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad and, it was you and not me. I could not have done that. Yeah. Sarah yeah. repped it all. <laughs> Jess is like, fuck. I was like, I could not have done that. I uh and well Sarah and I went back and forth a lot too over the last week about like safety and stuff like that. So I mean the only the only way you're gonna be able to yeah. run something like this is by a lot of communication up front. Yeah. Uh which yeah. we did. So yeah. Good job, Sarah. Everyone give Sarah a round of applause and chat. No, 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 Hey, yeah. so does she's like all I did was give and give of myself and validate fragile men and they're like, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you literally oh, killed oh, the sun oh. and destroyed the world for you. I know. I was in the chat. I was like I was like, I meant like take out the trash or make yeah. me dinner, not murder the sun. <laughs> I saw that and it was hysterical. Murder the sun, bro. <laughs> but dude, he he uh you know, listen, he combed her hair and made her laugh. Like Your laugh that is was the most beautiful music. We ought to do to me. Well, make me laugh then, funny boy. <laughs> we, need to, yeah, you know, we need to find a way to save these you know, fucking chats in the you know Zoom, dude. Else, it's, you know who else comes in here and made me laugh? My mom. I just save them. <laughs> yeah, he could have just stayed there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Jess has them all, which is awesome. So fucking funny. Yeah, you upload them to the drive, so they're all up there. You can... Oh, Christ, oh, my fuck, shave dude. is there. <laughs> Wait, so question. What does, does checking off these elementals do anything so you get you can you have the same thing plus 1d6 reputation plus yeah, one to power or charisma when we uh you can roll elemental. you can roll to see if that right goes up so what you do is you roll if you roll higher than it it increases higher than the number higher than you so let's say you have a 50 percent in that room you need yeah. to roll a 50 or higher uh to see if it increases and if you <laughs> roll then you can increase i think it's like 1d6 but i'm not sure off the top of my head i'll okay. get that to you I cannot wait. Like this was very like difficult and dramatic and intense. And the men's is going to be literally like a a clown car that's on fire. Like that's literally what it's going to be like watching. I just feel it already. The four of us chuckle fucks are just going to be <laughs> just fucking everything up. Like I mean, Orlance, um, you know, just fucking everything up <laughs> all the time. I like it. See, Orlance fucks up, but he means well. Okay. And he usually fixes it. I didn't okay? mean murder the sun. <laughs> he fixes like, it, all right? My he bad. Fixes it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> thought it would impress you. There's Normally. more history to that, too, uh, why he killed him. Uh, or- Orland's father, Umath, had basically gone through the same thing. And, like, Yelm had been like, fuck off, dude. Yelm was kind uh, of a dick. Yeah, yeah, Yelm's a huge one. dick. So, so huge. that was like kind of a lot of revenge on all that's part for dad too. Yeah. So, I yeah. I will also say I love that, um, with the exception of like Yelm's trophy wife, like all of the women were just like the most like supportive, wonderful people. Yeah, there are characters. That's because they got a raw them. fucking deal. All of them. They look at each yeah. other like we have a raw deal, man. <laughs> no. uh, yes, I, we'll fucking I read, cook and make cloth. The, 
the book on the book of Orleans, the book of mythology is like, then Dara never speaks. She just smiles. And I was like, oh, I'm going to run with that. <laughs> she is the cosmic, she's the cosmic trophy wife. Yeah. There I bet were, you she's I not real. Amber, <laughs> and Yelm's too dense to realize it. <laughs> she's AI. <laughs> she's, she is an actual blow up doll. And yeah, Yelm just right. has she's no idea. Chat. She's just a, a sex doll. doll. Yep, there it is. Doll. Yeah. And yep. Yelm yep. doesn't even know that she like literally is not alive. Because <laughs> Yelm's an idiot. <laughs> yep. A dead idiot. Oh, that was now. good. But no, he's back. Uh, so, yeah. So, I don't know what else we have to say. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks for more of this. Yeah. I promise you the men's is going to be a disaster. Tune in. I think you'll for more of this Tom Fulcheri. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Iranian <laughs> no, fucking no, no, pants. No, not the ordeal itself. The, the men inside of the ordeal. <laughs> we will be a disaster. Yeah, I yeah that's probably true. That's probably true. Ken, you Sound, gotta hold the noise together. High. Normally, I can normally, only do my best. Not gonna make it. <laughs> and so I'm with you. I mean, normally I would be all for even with my nerdy characters. I'd be all for shenanigans just happening. But I think that like I'm trying to play this character. Like he's a serious kid. Like the harder he, you try to play serious, the more it is bound to backfire. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm You're seriously going to get involved in the mafia. Obviously, that's going to happen. I said, I'm going off. I'm going off. Usual, Troy. We're not doing that. You're trying. You're trying. But you made a Glock joke already in chat. So it yeah, all depends on the number. Dude, me. That's ready. <laughs> but uh, I don't oh, know. I'm excited. I know that the men's ordeal involves a pit, and I can just see us all in a muddy pit, unable to get out of it. <laughs> You're the no endo, how or what we you try. slut. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. Don't call your sister a slut. I wow, mean, to be fair, oh, she is yeah, my sister. Yeah. Call her a hoe. <laughs> call her a hoe. Oh, all right, shit. kids. Time for Aunt Sarah to do her outro so we don't do any more <laughs> chaos. Aunt yeah. Sarah's reigning in the kid legs. We were quiet for so long, we had to just all bah! <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for staying quiet every fiber so long, of our being. Everyone else. Yeah. Just okay, it chat. all came out in chat. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying so hard to keep it cool at certain points. It's like, ah! I was like, Sarah's doing great at being serious. I'm like, eat your burrito self, put hot sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the. What's the <laughs> Amber in chat, prepare corpse, all lowercase. Prepare corpse, all uppercase. Get some Cholula on that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and for joining us today. Uh, we It's been amazing seeing uh, how many folks are in chat and chiming in and enjoying. Um, it's a really fantastic uh, to see so many folks here and we seriously seriously appreciate it um this is christian's passion project sweet baby angel so give him all the love uh this man has not stopped crying about this game since he first heard about it and as someone who talks with him on an almost daily basis i can guarantee the accuracy no no don't apologize sorry uh if you like what you see here consider giving us a follow it's free all you need is a twitch account um, and then you'll be notified every time we go live, which is every other Friday at 7 p.m. ish EST. Um, all of this goes up on our YouTube channel on Monday. So stream on Friday, VOD's up on Monday. 
Uh, you can find us on all of our social medias at DMs After Dark, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. You can also email us at DMsAfterDark at gmail.com. Questions, comments, thoughts, uh, emotional feelings. Uh, we accept any and all. Fan art. Alternate yes. universe fan art of Ven being super gah. Oh my god. Yes. Ven's like Just I anime Ven with a huge not sword. Not yeah. gah. You know? uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought, goddammit. Oh. Um, you can find us under DMs After Dark uh, on all your podcast apps. That's where we have audio recordings of these, Rainy's solo series, um, and then other episodes of our old podcast podcast, Modified Roles, and occasionally other various chaos babies that we just vomit out and bring to life because we feel like it. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Um, and until next time, pour some Cholula on your spider corpse. Enjoy. Yes. Good night. Yes. And, and I'm only a little sorry this time, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Same. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Good night, Maybe that plowing joke I shouldn't have made. Good night. A couple of those. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, plow. <laughs> <laughs>